Hello, Probably Scientists. Andy here with a quick announcement before this week's episode kicks off. I wanted to remind all of you that we're just over a week out from the third annual LA Podcast Festival, a three-day celebration of all things podcasting with over 30 of your favorite podcasters recording live for your enjoyment. Those include Mark Marin with WTF, Girl on Guy with Aisha Tyler, Jimmy Pardo's Never Not Funny, Super Ego with the newly added permanent cast member Paul F. Tompkins, Will Anderson's Tofop, This Week with Larry Miller, The Todd Glass Show, Go Bayside, The Dana Gould Hour, so many, dozens more. It's it's a great time. Uh, I may be biased as one of the producers, but it is always my favorite weekend of the year. It's a great chance to see all your favorite podcasters live and get to hang with them. In addition to all the great podcast recordings, the weekend also includes a stand-up show with an incredible lineup on Saturday the 27th, as well as meet and greets, happy hours, a closing party on Sunday the 28th that it features a live karaoke band. It's a blast. I recommend anybody in the LA area Come check it out. There are passes available by day or for the full weekend. All the information is over at LAPodfest.com. But if you're going to buy a ticket, we recommend you go to ProbablyScience.com first and click on our link so everyone knows that you came through us. For those of you who can't make it to the festival in person this year, we've got a very exciting addition to the event, which is a live video stream. For one low price, you can watch all of the podcast recordings throughout the entire weekend and for three weeks after. All you have to do is go to LAPodfest.com slash live and use the offer code SCIENCE. That will kick $5 off of the already low price of $25. So for just $20, you can see over 30 podcast recordings over the weekend of September 26th through the 28th and for three weeks after. It's not quite as good as being there in person, but it's damn close. And our podcast is happening at noon on Sunday, September 28th. We haven't announced our guest yet, but last year we had Reese Darby from Flight of the Concords, so that's the caliber of guest you can expect. I hope to see a bunch of you there. I will buy you drinks, and if you can't make it in person, again, check out the live stream, but uh, ideally, I'll have a bunch of probably scientists in the audience live for the fest. Again, tickets and info at lepodfest.com or go to probablyscience.com and click through our link. Thanks. Science. Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. Across from me is Jesse Case. Hey, Matt. Just to my right is Annie Wood. What's happening? It's far too hot. It's way too hot. <laughs> we shouldn't it's, be recording this is, outdoors. This is not good. This is, this is going to be the, one of the sweatier recordings that we've done. You'll be able to detect this. Yeah. Yeah, what, what's your guess as to what temperature it is right now? It's 11.20 on a... Uh, well, it's noon. Noon on Sunday. Does the day matter? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's changes by Notoriously day. hot Sundays, <laughs> yes. obviously. It's the Lord's Day. Which is... Sun is right in the name. <laughs> what do you guys guess it is right now? Um, well, when I've got a temperature thing in my car, so I, I can cheat on this one. Oh, okay. But those aren't accurate, are they? They're, well, no. If, you, if the car's been sat there for a while, then it warms up. Of yeah, course. I was going to the internet and then back, man. It's like finding my phone's location and looking up what that temperature is. I uh, guess it's over 100. We're in the valley. Jesse, what's your guess? Uh, 98. 99. Wow. That's yeah. the difference. Okay. And then it's going to be 100 for the next three days. That's yeah. That's uh, awful. Yesterday, I got in my car and it was uh, 107. Again, because my car had been sitting there for a while. Yeah. But I just... Fuck this. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, it's, that's fuck this weather. <laughs> it's September. Yeah. Yeah, it's September. Green Day's asleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, remember, I tweeted that and you retweeted it, but what did the guy write back? A guy wrote back something hilarious. He's like, um, he's like, and two more months till Wyclef Sean is back. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to make a Wyclef reference. That's awesome. I laughed so hard. Um, yeah, it's, it's far too hot. I don't know why we live in Los Angeles. Everyone There's talks no about reason. how great it is here and the weather is. 
No. And, and it's awful. And I was thinking about this yesterday, about... Um, before this, I lived in Nashville and then Seattle. I've lived in Canada for a while, like New York, whatever. You live in places where you can blame the weather for your depression, especially Seattle. I could be like, oh, I'm bummed out, but it's Seattle. And I feel like when you move to L.A., you do cheer up for like a year. But then you're back to your it, old... It wears off. Yeah, you're back to your old that, shitty that self. The first year I lived here, I remember I was always working outside. I always had my laptop out oh, yeah. here because I'm like, this is great. We get to live in this. Then after a while, you just end up back in your room again. Well, you just forget I've, about it. I've like literally just had full breakdown crying depression episodes just like under a palm tree with a margarita, <laughs> like blue skies. <laughs> and it, it kind of makes it feel worse. You got the Jimmy yeah. Buffett blues. Yeah. Like when I was living in Seattle, it's it matches. You need something to, to like rail against to, to have... To have fighting you, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a guy playing vibraphone next to me, and I'm just <laughs> bawling. It's awful. Um, we got a little bit of housekeeping before we introduce our guests. Yeah, uh, a couple of people to thank for donations. Firstly, Morgan Perrine. Thank you very, very much. Regular listener, sender in of stories. Thank you, Morgan. And done it before. Thank you, Morgan. And then also, big thank you to Victoria Riches, who was very generous. Thank oh, you very much, Victoria. So much, Victoria. Thank and they was... donated by going to probablyscience.com and clicking on donate, which any of you can do, and we always appreciate it. It, it helps really us. helps us run the show. So if you like the show and you want to kick in something, go to probablyscience.com, click on the donate button. Also, if you're buying anything off Amazon, go through the link on our website, and we get a little commission. If you're buying anything from Amazon at all, it doesn't cost you any more. It helps us out. Yeah. So when you're thinking of anything Amazon-related... Have to think of some mnemonic device that makes you go first to probablyscience.com and then go yeah. buy the thing you want to buy. Don't do what uh, Andy, our co-host, did. Hundreds of dollars <laughs> I spent on things and forgot to go through our own link and I give buy, ourselves... I buy everything through our Amazon, Andy. I should just have it set up as a bookmark. I buy things I don't need through our Amazon. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the mnemonic device, um, Amazon Pygmies? Probably. Pygmy, pygmy Science. I don't get it. Amazon. Well, you know, Pygmies live in the Amazon. Okay. So well, that's the P to remind you, probably science. Sure, and the same ending sound. What's a mnemonic device, you guys? Uh, what does that mean? Wh- what's the actual definition of the word mnemonic? No, I'm just, I'm just, okay, I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't about. even know if I could define I it, gotta, actually. Um, I'm just trying the to The way I remember what it is, is uh, my neighbor eats. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, right, right, right. <laughs> Many uh, orphaned uh, nanotube. <laughs> what's, what's the one you go with for the guitar tuning? I, I never learned one. I just know them. I just know the strings. I don't know. You never learned one. It's just E-A-D-G-B-E. I don't know. Yeah. My dad taught me one that I, it took me years to realize is really fucked up. <laughs> it's um, every American daughter gets babies eagerly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was learned to tune a guitar. And I just thought, eh, it's normal, you know. And, yeah. uh, and then I'd be hanging out with like other musicians or whatever, playing in bands in high school and stuff. And... Uh, and we'd be tuning up, and I would, I would like be repeating it to myself, and they're like, "That's not the one we we learned like <laughs> yeah. a very docile, you know." By the way, why do they do the "My dog has fleas" thing for viol- violin strings when like none of those words have anything to do with the note? Why didn't they make up a song that's like also the note is the first letter of each? What do you mean? Do you know "My dog has fleas"? My dog has fle- or whatever it is. Like there's like a melody people have learned, and that melody are the four strings of the violin, but like. M isn't a, like they could have the they M note. They could have also made up words that no, helped M, you remember the, the letters. M, dude, of the the notes. tuning and tuning up an M. I oftentimes play in the key of <laughs> M H. M sharp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing in. Yeah, I'll do. I'll do like an H minor seventh. Sometimes, <laughs> like my favorite chord. Sort of jazzy. Yeah, very jazzy. <laughs> so very jazzy. 
Anyway, thank you very much, the donors. Yes. Uh, and, and also, uh, we, I was just going to say, if you're not able to donate, the other way you can really hugely help us is tell your friends, spread the word about us on social media, and also, if you um, subscribe through iTunes, if you are an iTunes user, please subscribe and write ratings about us. If you're a Stitch user, subscribe through that and write stuff, nice things. Because we picked up a load of listeners recently. A and lot. yeah. Did we? Haven't, yeah, and haven't Doubled last week. Everything is suddenly... How do you guys even know that stuff? You can look do at, I not have the you password? Can look at I don't have the passwords, do I? Look at Libsyn, yeah. uh, and I know because Andy looks in Libsyn and tells me. Yeah. Okay. I didn't I email you guys and I was like, geez, we got a bunch of new listeners. Uh, but I think we should start wearing was, pants. Yeah. That was that one yeah. that we should start wearing yes. pants email? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I, I think we should introduce our guest. Yes. And this is someone I, I try to record with in the UK, but then I was ill the day we were going to do it, so it didn't happen. But uh, one of my favorite comedians, someone who I've, I love working with and I love seeing, uh, and over here very briefly to coincide with the heat wave, is the hilarious Roisin Conaty. Hello. Thank but, you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, Roisin. Thanks. What this brings you stateside? Just, you know, just to feel like I'm about to die in the heat. <laughs> just, just that feeling. Um, I'm just on holiday. So I was in New York and then I just came down to LA. So I've got a couple of bits and bobs. Nice. Okay. Do you have that phrase in America, bits and bobs? We do now. Sure. <laughs> we do now. But isn't isn't like London's quite sweltering this time of year? Yeah, I mean London. Yeah, it's pretty hot, but not like this. This is like you know hot, hot. Well, also the this difference is... is when it gets this hot in America, people just carry on. Yeah. Whereas when it if it ever hits anything within ten degrees of this kind of heat, Britain feels entirely justified in just stopping for a bit. <laughs> just everything's great, down. like a snow day, but for heat. Yeah, yeah. it is exactly like like that. If it if it ever gets as hot as it is today. That's the front page of most newspapers. Wow. Most newspapers is a picture of people on the beach and people with their like, trousers rolled up. It is, it is interesting, uh, like, stock photos of just heat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they always go with people. They, they never go with just, like, a dead dog on a sidewalk. <laughs> they always go with people, like, escaping from the heat, you know? Um, yeah, there's always, I mean, they'll find people wearing bikinis in the park and a kid with some ice cream. Mm-hmm. And sure. that would be the news that the day. The news. But but you know England used to own half the world, they and I assume a lot of those territories were very hot. Yeah, probably. And all the clothes they had to wear, like those big dresses. I mean, must have been such a terrible, terrible time for them to arrive. Like <laughs> going to India, they must have got going. Oh God, this is this is bad. <laughs> yeah, and like the, the British safari clothes are really well. Our mail thick. our mailman <laughs> still wear them. Yeah, yeah. Our mailman wears sense. a pith helmet. He looks yeah. like he's on safari. <laughs> well, I assume it does help with the heat somehow. It must. That must breathe better than we think it does. The pith helmet. It must have some kind of. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. The the fact that the American. American Postal Service, uh, they dress like British safari guys. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, I think it's because in the early days of the American Postal Service, there were still a lot of Zulu attacks. <laughs> no, there were. There were. And uh, you would have your blunderbuss <laughs> with you. Your absurd... I forgot that's an actual word. Yeah. That's right. So it's, they wear all beige. Uh, no, it's it's different colors, but they definitely have. They'll wear khaki sort of short shorts with right. knee high socks and sort of combat <laughs> boots, and then they. Ha- I don't know why they wear boots. Right. You throw on some tennis shoes. You're delivering the mail, and uh, and then they'll go with pith helmet, and they still have the blue postal service you know shirt. But um, here's a picture. It's absurd. Is, I'm finding a picture for you. It's definitely a library picture that is designed. I don't think this is a real mailman. I think this is someone posing as one. <laughs> I think that's a stock footage. That's certainly a man posing as a mailman. He is fit. <laughs> Knee, uh, calf, calf high black socks, pith helmet, a rotund uh, yeah. build. 
It's like our school uniforms. That's what that looks like. Just like our, do you wear school uniforms over here? No, but that makes me think that'd be a great thing to have as like uh, as like a gimmick in your in your band, like a la ACDC. If one of the guys just decides to <laughs> a be mailman, a mailman, yeah. Why not the, yeah, the postal service? Yeah, if any band, should, yeah. they, should, they should do it. Actually, you no know, cheap trick. Bunny Carlos kind of has the accountant thing as his gimmick. Have you seen the drummer for Cheap Trick? No. He intentionally dresses really dorky in like a short sleeve uh, Dennis Franz in <laughs> 1990s era NYPD blue okay. business shirt and tie yeah. and like dorky glasses. But he's a great drummer. It's a, it's a like, hilarious. It's a visual joke, guys. Look it's it a up. visual Bunny joke. Carlos. Yeah. It's a visual joke. Yeah. That's the only visual joke Cheap Trick's ever done. Oh, wait. There's the, the old 12, 12 neck guitar. Um, My brother just saw them open for a band yesterday in Chicago and he texted that's me. That's depressing. I know, right? And he's like, Cheap Trick's really good. I'm like, yes, of course they are. They're one of the best bands of all time. They're opening for like the Zach Brown band. I'm like, what? This is like the American Beatles having to like be an opening act. It's my, my buddy, Pat. I don't know who they are. They're amazing. I mean, you know, I want you to want me, probably. You know, surrender. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Surrender. All right, daddy's oh, all right. Okay, yeah. I do. They have, like, they have yeah. like a dozen hits, you know, and they're right, all, they're right. just so good. And they haven't, none of them have like had drug troubles. Like Robin Zander, his voice sounds as good as ever. Like when you see him live, and I'm like, this is just like, this is just like live at Budokan right now. They're amazing. This was in The Onion about a week ago. <laughs> it was ad Concert security drastically overestimating fans' desire to get close to Cheap Trick. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, They're great. They're un- unironically great. There was an interview where Kurt Cobain said that all Nirvana wanted to be was Cheap Trick with more distortion. And yeah. he wasn't joking. Like, yeah. Who said that? Kurt Cobain. Okay. Um, my uh, my buddy Pat, a comic here in town, Pat Riley, he's a great bit. Uh, it's completely true about he was at a state fair uh, in I guess Florida where he grew up and he saw Journey open for Truckzilla <laughs> Truckzilla Truckzilla is a monster truck that eats other trucks act. it's, it's just, not even a musical act yeah. but they had to thank Truckzilla like we'd like to thank Truckzilla for letting us come out here and open <laughs> Oh, God, show business is ugly, man. It's ugly. <laughs> if it pleases Truckzilla, may we approach the stage. Like, get all sarcastic. Right. <laughs> if it's cool with Truckzilla, we're going to do one more tune. <laughs> this is a fucking bummer. Truckzilla is sitting up there like an emperor with like thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, oh, man. Speaking of music, guys. Like, um, like, okay, someone from the band tried to talk to Truckzilla, and that is not on. <laughs> you do not talk to Truckzilla until Truckzilla talks to you first. You call him Mr. Zilla. <laughs> you- <laughs> Speaking of musical acts that are deserving of our respect, um, we've had some listeners recently who have been reimagining, I guess would be the word. Absolutely. Our theme song. Yeah. And, and I, got a, I got a doozy coming up, by the way. But okay. So no, Jesse's we'll been working on a couple of new ones. Nice. I've been well working on a few. So what is the original, which was also Jesse penned. Yeah, we're um, keeping the original. But uh, we've opened a few of our episodes with guest music but And those ones were very good. But very some, good. some of them are so good that we have to discuss them before playing. Yeah, Michael Gabona, who's written in before. He's a regular listener to the show, and he's contributed his stories before. Is, By he... the way, people, um, probablyscience at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at probablyscience with any stories you want us to cover or you like. Or... But this guy's like a yo-yo ma. Like, I don't know if he was uh, trained in Vienna or something. Or... Yeah, I mean, we have good musician listeners, but I wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't prepared. I mean, we're talking about Cheap Trick, and it's like, right. you know, they, they sh- just open for this guy. Yeah. This you is guys insane. Want to hear what he this is called Zilla in disguise. <laughs> no, this is this is insane. This uh, this is some of the most brilliant music I've ever heard. We should just play it, I guess. Let's right? do it. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael. <laughs> Don't do that to us. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> what are you doing? Pretty amazing. It's pretty, pretty amazing. It's, it's pretty I like the idea of someone walking past me as he was doing that. Like, what are you doing? Going, I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Kids, just bath yourself. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's hilarious. Run your own bath and I'll be up in a second. Like, Dad's got to do something. <laughs> that was the 12th take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's got to be just right. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be up to the standards of Probably Science. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank it's, you for uh, it's very, very funny, and uh, we cracked up when we heard it. ProbablyScience.gmail.com if you want to send in uh, stories or reimaginings of themes or general comments, criticisms, questions, that sort of thing. Oh, by the way, we should just, I uh, guess, um, admit that admit um, we're going to have a guest on soon who we're not going to name explicitly, but uh, should, is this a good time? Yeah, or should we don't I want to jinx out? anything, should but uh, hopefully... Uh, we can have a space themed guest on at some point in the near future, and we want we can have a little bit of space, uh, a little bit of space, guys. We can have a little bit of time to be able to uh, put any of your questions to you, so, uh, to him. So, any questions for someone who has been in space? Yes. If yeah. you wanted to ask a question to someone who has been actually in actual space. We've yeah. already, of course, got the how does masturbation work. Right. We've yeah. got that covered. We're debating whether we can ask that. I'm asking. And then I, we've I mean, also, if, <laughs> if you're a last And spaceman. also, like, how, does wet, how do wet dreams work and how do farts work? <laughs> right. Imagine if just, like, we blow do, the entire interview. Yeah, where, just do, where do babies come from? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he just doesn't get to talk about space. He just has to teach us. <laughs> uh, do they drink in space? Do you think they get drunk up there? They do. The Russians sneak booze up. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. They've yeah. snuck in, in their spacesuits. According to Packing for Mars, a book about the human side of space travel, yeah. um, it's it's a problem on the ISS because the Russians, <laughs> they, they sneak booze up and they're also very touchy. They're very grabby. They're, there's a lot of sexual, uh, borderline-like sexual assault, or at least impropriety that happens oh at the ISS. God. How do you how do you police that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. It's, I mean, whose who's, who's jurisdiction does it fall under? Well, also, if you right. get fired from the ISS, they're like, okay... Pack up in six months. A guy will come pick you right, up. Right. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, an HR person who watches you for six months to make sure you don't steal pens and stuff because <laughs> you've already been fired. You have well, to also, there. like if you're constantly going over, like you're just you're zipping past different continents right. mm-hmm. in minutes. So suddenly, so women like going, have to yeah, cover, their, cover themselves. You're going through different flying, jurisdictions. Yeah. Like this is no, this is absolutely fine behavior. Uh, we're <laughs> yeah. over a very misogynistic area right now. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, no, this is not on right now. We're in Canada yeah. <laughs> for the next seven seconds. Yeah, we're directly over Amsterdam. Now I missed it. Damn yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So yes, uh, tweet us at probably science with a question you want to ask someone who's been to space. Well, I want to ask uh, uh, Miss uh, Comity. Comedy, comedy. Yeah, but I like comedy. Comedy. Well, you said it rhymes with comedy. That's how you taught me. They just reset the word comedy with a different, with a yep, yep. With, as real. if you were just but someone comedy. who didn't have English as a first language. Yeah. <laughs> but comedy just makes me sound like very spacey. Comedy. She's quite. Oh, yeah. comedy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The spirit of a comedy. Well, uh, Miss Conti. Um. <laughs> now you're saying a different word. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a very bad word. No, no, uh, no. Like uh, Connity. Like, how would I say it for American? Yeah, Connity. What? Connity. Yeah, like that. But no, like, but I don't want to be disrespectful, so I'd do it. Cunty. Cunty. <laughs> no, not Cunty. Not Cunty. It's no, no, no. Closer. It's Con- getting closer. <laughs> say your name. Say your full name. Let me get this. So, like Con? Like Conair? No, full deal. Connity. Connity. Yeah, but you're saying it in my accent, which is really weird. Connity. Every time you do it, you go like... Okay, let's go... Roisin Connity. <laughs> no, let's go first, middle, last. Reporting for okay. BBC. <laughs> okay. Okay. First, middle, last. Let's go. 
What, what's happening? Your name. <laughs> right, my Your name. full name. Right, Roisin. Okay. Marcella. Okay. Conaty. Okay. <laughs> I think I have it. I think I have it. It's not that hard. Okay. <laughs> Rusty Marshy Cunty. <laughs> That's okay. me. That's okay. me. Uh, did you, do you have a science background whatsoever? Oh, yeah, totally. No. <laughs> well, no, we always like to ask our guests, and, and just, uh, if anything, just something in school that you liked. Something like that. I'm, it doesn't have to be... I'm always full of science facts that are always wrong, but I base... So when I was in school, I firmly... I have got a firm memory of being told that eyelashes were like organisms that they moved on their own. <laughs> like, okay. I've got this memory This happened in my class I'm thinking Shit that's terrible man I hate, I hate that I've got these And yeah. then I went To that, that, party And I was like So eyelashes uh, Move on their own They're like, And everyone's like She's on crack <laughs> That really Did that wig a lot of people out? Yeah but I was I, I, But that, that would have wigged me out If I really if I learned that I mean that's, that totally. is terrible I was like that's awful And then Do you get that thing That twitch in your eye You know yeah, you're tired. And I was like the Oh thing god they're happening. alive <laughs> Wow so Someone's years. riled them Yeah, yeah once someone tells you that then you have that one piece of evidence that backs it up totally. you're gonna be like this is a true thing obviously in my yeah. head that was absolute fact and then i was with a comic john richardson we were playing poker and i said it and everyone was and i was like i'm telling you and I was oh, like, so you believe this way into adulthood oh like, like i was like 27 <laughs> oh okay kind yeah. of like and i was like, i'm telling you and then obviously i just needed google to come out so i to go yeah. it doesn't and i was just i just sat there going why did he lie to me i've <laughs> got a memory of mr mcconaughey telling me that they were organisms mr it's, mcconaughey yeah and he would name. like he would just say like it's a symbiotic relationship or something like they have like they help clean your eyes and like you give them separate. food or yeah, something. Yeah, he was like they're like separate. I mean, it's obviously it's just nuts. But I've always got a science fact and I, I just bandy it around and it's always untrue. Sure, <laughs> always untrue. I have a lot of things that I'm completely wrong about that I say very confidently all the time. <laughs> yeah. did, did you guys have the urban legend growing up about dropping a penny off a tall building and how it would yes. go like a foot into the sidewalk? Yes. Totally. How did that well, one start? and I've told you, I've told you guys uh, and I I think I've discussed this on the show a, a briefly, but. Um, how when I was raised uh, when I was growing up I would spend the night once a week at my my grandparents house so my, my parents could fuck you know because <laughs> um, it was a small house and very creaky right, right. so I would spend so once a week they would just drop me off at my grandparents house uh, so they could they could bang one out and uh, my grandma would read me the bible going to bed Right, but I was very, very young, and I guess my parents got wind of this, and they were like, "Hey, don't do that. We don't want him to be all Jesusy, and we don't believe that even or care." You know, uh, so she quit reading me the Bible and started reading me the book about the Wright brothers. Uh, you know, the invention the, of flight. Right, yeah. But no one told me she just quit reading me the Bible. Like she never told me she switched. <laughs> so I, I mean, until God, I was Jesse, like, how how have we not like we've discussed this childhood, on the show? But why? How, uh, why have we so, not made a show, a movie, about, uh, hired a documentary, film um, crew? So go, until uh, I was like twenty, I would get in fierce arguments that there were like photos in the Bible, like in the like no, you know, in the end when people had mustaches, you know, like like in fact, I remember this is this is fucked up, but I remember you know, couldn't teach or, or religion in school. Uh, you can't teach religion and stuff. And I remember getting in an argument in like seventh grade because my teacher was teaching us about the Wright brothers. And I was like, you can't teach us that. <laughs> because I... Yeah, 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 yeah. No way. No, no. No nativities in this, in this lawn. Just look like a psycho. Amazing. That's incredible. Ugh. The gospel according to Orville? Yeah, I thought yeah. the Bible ended in like 1930. <laughs> it's like very recent. That's amazing. <laughs> Ugh, an idiot. 
Yeah. Um, so, I love fake science facts. Though. I love when people have one and then you sort of go and you see their face and it's like, oh no, this isn't oh, right, this is, is it? And you're like, no, it's great. Oh, I had to get in a, I got in a very big debate yesterday. But if, and I know people at home can't see me, but I have a glitter tattoo. I'm wearing a glitter tattoo. <laughs> and and is that permanent? No, no. But it would not surprise you to know that the uh, applicator of the se- aforementioned glitter tattoo real into astrology i was gonna say so um we she's got crystals we had to have there's no crystals but okay. uh, no she's great we but we had to definitely have the astrology talk mm. um and uh it's it's mind-blowing and in fact i wanted to talk about it a little bit because i um have, have you guys heard of the uh the photo effect um, is that when you read travel guides and you think that you know? A pl- I don't know. No, what is it? Um, let me get to this really quick. I wish I had this. I wish I had this preloaded, and I'm sorry. No, I was trying to figure out things about um, astrology and what. Oh, it's not called the Fodor effect. Um, mm. I'm always. I've always really been into astrology, and I can't. But you can't argue it intellectually so you just have to like, I've got stand up about this I'm not going to do my stand up from years ago but it's like a sneaky like it's ridiculous having that part of going yeah I know it's lies but I read it every, and I generally yeah. it's a really weird thing there's a there was a pretty cool study that um, that go that talks about this um, oh guys I'm so sorry <laughs> All right. I'm so sorry I'm not on on point with this <laughs> just make up your own version of it <laughs> If you remember, I mean, you must remember what the effect. Well, is. the 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 mechanisms Ballpark. the mechanisms obviously don't work because there were only five planets at the time, and we uh, people thought they were stationary or Earth was a disk and stationary and yeah. all this. Um, but there's there's this uh, there's this effect. I just want to figure out the name. Oh, here we go. I found the link. Found the link. Excellent, guys. I'm nice. on it. Yay. We're back. I'm on it. Um. I apologize greatly. Um, nope, not on it. Did not no. find it. Forer, forer, the forer effect. Forer. Okay, forer. okay, so sorry. Um, the forer effect, and he was a uh, psychologist who did this pretty cool test. Where, F-O-R-E-R. Yes, and he gave his students, um, it's also called the Barnum effect after P.T. Barnum's observation, we've got something for everyone, mm-hmm. and it's the observation that individuals will give high accuracy ratings to descriptions of their personality that supposedly are tailored specifically for them, but are in fact vague and general enough to apply to pretty much everyone. Oh, I, f- I have heard about it. So this, this, is bas- this is the psychological backing to cold reading. Yeah, what he did, in 1948, psychologist Bertram R. Forer gave a personality test to his students, and he told his students that they were each receiving a unique personality analysis that was based on the test results to rate their analysis on how well, and to rate their analysis on how well it applied to themselves. So he gave them a personality test, and he said, here are your results. In reality, he gave everyone the same exact piece right, of paper. Right. And what he gave them was, um, and this is pretty, it's pretty amazing because this just is astrology. <laughs> yeah. It says, you have a great need for other people to like and admire you. You have a tendency to be critical of yourself. You have a great deal of unused capacity, which you have not turned to your advantage. While you have some personality weaknesses, you're generally able to compensate for them. Your sexual adjustment has presented problems for you. Get out of my head, Mr. Forer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disciplined and self-controlled outside, you tend to be worrisome and insecure inside. At times, you have serious doubts as to whether you have made the right decision or done the right thing. You prefer a certain amount of change and variety and become dissatisfied when hemmed <laughs> so in by restrictions and limitations. It's amazing. You pride yourself as an independent thinker and do not accept others' statements without satisfactory proof. You have found it unwise to be too frank in revealing yourself to others. 
Um, and it, it goes on. It goes this, on. This, this next one's more. the best, though, because it's just covering all bases. Yeah, when at, it says, at, at times, times you were extroverted, affable, sociable, while at other times you were introverted, <laughs> wary, reserved. Um, like some, some you, of your you're aspirations... either indoors or outdoors. Yeah, yeah, right. like... And the last two are some of your aspirations tend to be pretty unrealistic, <laughs> and security is one of your main goals in life. So that's the 13 points, and... I don't know if any of you guys felt that that really reached it, if we somehow <laughs> really got a grasp me. of you. But there is truth about what time of year you're born affecting your personality. Like, Mal- have you read Malcolm Gladwell's book on that? Uh, but that's more about it. And uh, if, mm. if, if the hockey teams have cutoffs for what mm. time mm. when you yeah. can start training and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I do think that's quite interesting, though. Like, uh, that's just, but I think there'll be more. I don't, listen, astrology, I think, is rubbish, but I do read it. But I think that there's, I think there'll be more than every, wherever you're born. And well, like, I want, well, there are certain year. things like if. Someone who was born in September will be the a whole yeah, year. will be a whole school That's year different to someone the, who was born in thing. August. August. Yeah, yeah. Like the and hockey players would be better if they were the ones that happened to be their birthday was right before the cutoff, so they were yeah. almost a year older so than some of the kids. If you're born like September the twentieth as opposed to August twentieth, then you will be um, a whole right. You'll be a whole week school year older at a point when a year makes a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah, so you'll be you'll be almost. You know Nine what? when you, the rest of your classmates have just turned eight. You know what pseudoscience cracks me up is uh, tarot cards. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. w- the way it works is someone is shuffling a deck of cards, mm-hmm. so randomizing a deck of cards, and then interpreting those cards for you. So what they're literally doing is applying meaning to something that they know is chaos. So, like, in the definition of what it is, it already tells you the exact problem with that type of thought. Well, they're... It, it's their like, defense would probably be that that the randomness isn't truly random, and that uh, forces beyond our control are dictating what's what's what going to, what's going to become of that shuffle. You know, it was. I mean, as long as you're believing in magic, you can find any. Sure, I suppose astrology, astrology, and things like that weird me out a little more because I throw it in the pseudoscience category. While a lot of people accept these as sort of religious, somewhat thing. Yeah, like, like you have to. You almost p- people have to. But it's respect. Dispro- it's disprovable. Right. Right. Like you have to respect these things the way you have to respect the religion in some ways. People get insulted. I'm like, no, it's just. Well, that was the that was the argument. It's like, would you? Well, would you say the same thing if I was Christian or Buddhist or something? And I'm like, but those things aren't disprovable. Oh no, astrology isn't it. I mean, <clears throat> even the people I know who are into it, like, kind of. They don't. You, you hit a roadblock pretty fast, and most of them, are, unless they're nuts, like it's not. I know that you can really. You can't argue astrology past a point. You just can't. It's yeah. it's, it's un. You can't. It's not no, a you can't test thing, it. So you can't. Can you... So everyone. Well, you can test it, but yeah, you know, it, it but people, tends to fail. All of this. Yeah, that's what I mean, but you know, yeah. kind of like even the people who they can't go. This is proof. Like you're a fire sign. This is so like it's just people's versions of themselves. Yeah, so yeah. I think most astrology, but tarot card readers are just scary. <laughs> they just scare me. They all just say, I think they like power, and I think they like scaring you and scarves. Like saying, yeah, they like scarves. Like, like Stevie Nicks scarves. I think. <laughs> just like, sure. Oh, this one. Like you know, it's like a little power trip of like they're like God in that moment. Prince you know. of Cups. Yeah. It's it's the of smugness of going I've got a secret and I may or may not tell you <laughs> like it's a whole acting thing like oh can I cope with this one you know yeah. like, 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 like they gloss over one of them like no 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 what was that one yeah. or we have to move on I right I can't um, one of them is just the promotional what other types of cards you can buy a card they forgot to take out or just the rules of poker card. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the jokers yeah. uh, oh the infamous yeah the, mm. by the way we didn't even say what happened with the four thing at the end then the students had to rate the accuracy and on a scale of zero to five five being excellent the average uh, student rated those assessments at 4.26 God. so everyone was like yeah. that's exactly me it's not it's not about your ability to believe vague things it's about your ability to reject things that don't apply to you right. 
right. It's a yeah. selection bias it's and everything. Complete yeah. selection bias, it's, and that's the that's one hundred percent the mechanism behind the psychological effect of astrology. The physical, actual astronomy mechanism is complete shit. Right. It assumes perfectly symmetrical orbits. It assumes there's only five planets. It assumes we're the middle of the universe. It assumes <laughs> so many. It assumes the universe isn't moving or expanding, um, because the truth be told. Someone born 40 years ago on the same day you're born, you're like a million miles apart, like where you were born. Oh, the actual place the in actual, space? The actual, somehow... Or even the actual electromagnetic pull and things like that. Like, because people have tried to explain it in every way. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, it's the gravity from the... And you know, it's like... Yeah, and then people go, uh, yeah, a gravity it's... of a nearby bus would be great. Period. Yeah. The only thing. I think maybe that's why more women are susceptible to astrology is because we are in a cycle with the moon. It <laughs> so is sort of you do have okay, a 28-day... Yeah. So it is a weird... I think that sometimes there is a like... You know, you're in tune with it more. So I think it can make well, the moon more... does have an effect on physical things. Yeah, like the tides. Yeah. tides. But that's obviously that. That then jumps to like, oh, Saturn probably Therefore, something. Else. Saturn's in charge also, of my arms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of. You start going. Pluto's running my feet. You know, kind right. of. You start. Right. It's quite... what's, what's the, what happened to your eyelashes? Since Pluto's not a planet anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did they stop moving themselves? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, it, speaking it does, of it, magic, yeah. By the way, I, absolutely. Because talks like this always get me feeling pretty spacey. Feeling pretty. <laughs> yes. Wait, maybe you're going a different direction than I am. No, I was same going direction. With, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, there are lots of things that are actually magic. Some of them are plant-based on our planet. Uh, fungus. Are, you ta- are you talking about fungus? I'm yeah. talking about yes. Oh, I guess it's not a plant. It's a fungus. That's true, yeah. right? That's yeah. not even considered. Because um, you're, you're a fun guy. Huh? I'm a. Fun- <laughs> this is a story sent in by Morgan no, Green, by the no, way. No, no, editing no, that out. No, no. Stop. You gotta keep that in. Jesse, you gotta keep that in. Go in the corner. <laughs> go in the corner. Get in your crate. Get in your crate, Jesse. No. Get no your pun box. Yes. <laughs> I love a pun. I love a pun. I'm but so bad, bad at them. I really love them. Did you know that uh, no pun intended, yeah. people say that, is a pun? It's nope, comma, unintended. That's the, that's the <laughs> no, fucking joke. It's not. Yes, it is. It's like, wow. was that a pun? No pun intended. Uh, what? No. The, no. So you say nope, unintended. Oh, that's that, a, I'm, I'm fucking serious. That's the whole that's reason like, we say it. That's the whole joke. No. Yeah, or you'd say, or you'd say, say if this is true, this is like that moment a few years ago when I realized why the Beatles spell it with an A. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Oh, like a music beat. They're so lame. <laughs> All this time. My favorite band has the I dumbest no name. Idea. Yeah. I it thought really it was just is. a it weird really way to spell Beatle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that's not the, true. Nope, unintended. No nope, way. Unintended. God damn it. Or you wouldn't I say have to no take a pun second. intended. You'd go, like, you'd use a different phrase. I, don't, I can't. Oh. Okay, let's. I'll assume this is true for now. I have to look it up. <laughs> this, is, this is true, and for I'll now. take the hit if I'm wrong. Okay, that's one of those definitely prefer to believe it things. Right. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what about this this fungus? What are we talking about? I'm talking about magic mushrooms, guys. Are you, Andy? I don't know if you guys have ever partaken of, of psilocybin laced mushrooms, but uh, well, as someone who's in America on a non uh, permanent <laughs> work visa, I'd <laughs> like to say that I have never even heard of such things. <laughs> yep. Yeah, what is that? Is what this, are you talking is about? Is this well, an illegal drugs? Uh, actually, in some places it's legal. In some places it's even used um, for medicinal purposes and therapeutic purposes. Um, what kind of... Why would someone ca- take mushrooms Why for, would someone take... What's, why is it, If you're upset... <laughs> like, you're like, I don't know. It just makes people like, if mushrooms is the diagnosis, they're sort of... What you know, if, have the treatment? What, treatment? what yeah. if I told you that mm. magic mushrooms can actually help long-term smokers kick the habit? <gasps> there it is. Right? It's true. There's it may in. be true. It may be true. <laughs> it may be true. 
Uh, just two or three experiences with magic mushrooms helped a dozen long-term smokers quit, succeeding in a study where numerous other approaches failed. This is from an article in theglobeandmail.com, and it was sent in by um, Morgan Perrine. Morgan Perrine. Morgan Perrine. Yes. Yes. This week as well. Frequent donor and uh, sender of stories. Um, the volunteers took a pill containing psilocybin. psilocybin. You get pills, man? Pills of it. The active hallucinogenic ingredient in magic mushrooms as part of a cognitive behavior therapy program at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. Six months later, 12 of the 15 participants remain smoke-free, according to study results published today in the Journal of Psychopharmacology. Um, existing medicines like Pfizer's Chantix, or Chantix, uh, the most potent aid for smoking cessation, have a success rate of about 35% at six months. So this is Not a lot good. higher than that. Again, pretty small study. Yeah. Um, Set study size, but uh, nicotine patches and gums are less successful," said Matthew Johnson, a study research and associate an professor. associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Johns Hopkins. The results show unique promise in the first study ever of psilocybin for smoking, and may lead to new approaches to treat other types of addiction. Um, the rates of quitting were so high, twice as high as what we typically see with the gold standard medication," he said in a phone interview. It is a very small study, but an indication that something very strong is going on here. The answers of it answers the question of whether this is worth pursuing. Definitely worth pursuing. Let's pursue it further. Um, and because this is the pill was given in combination with behavioral therapy, including counseling and keeping a journal, it's not clear how much of the benefit from the smokers came from the hallucinogen. And future studies being planned to include a comparison yeah. group who won't. That seems like a, it's barely even a study if there's no control with just the. Yeah, if someone's getting really intensive behavioral therapy yeah. at the same time as this, on a level that they'd never receive normally. Right. Like, like I, I quit biting my fingernails with a combination of uh, heroin and having my fingers cut off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's mostly right. heroin, but yeah. It was the, that, that gauntlet that you've been wearing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, a wide range of volunteers took part in the study. This is like a veritable uh, village people, of, uh, including a teacher, a lawyer, a museum worker. Um, they had one of every type of person. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody from a Richard Scarry book about what kind of jobs you can have. <laughs> right. Um, they were all more interested in quitting smoking than in taking a psychedelic drug, Johnson said. Sure. Um, it shows a picture of the group. It's literally like, <laughs> looks like the spin doctors. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, you know, actually, we've never seen you actually smoke a cigarette. Oh, I smoke, man. I smoke yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing, the best thing is uh, the therapy occurred over two to three sessions. Volunteers came to a laboratory set up like a living room, took a 20 milligram <laughs> pill of psilocybin. So a living room. They're yes. in a living room. Yes. <laughs> Covered, guys, they room. covered their eyes and relaxed with music for several hours as the psychedelic effect took hold. Now place so, yourself in the medicinal beanbag. Yeah. <laughs> this is like prescribed Pink Floyd. Um, <laughs> they, those who had a transcend, transcendent experience where people say they went into a mystical state that helped them feel more unity with themselves and the universe tended to have more success, the researchers said. Uh, all the volunteers returned two weeks later for another round with a higher dose of the drug. They were all offered a third experience, though several declined, Johnson said. The treatment doesn't involve swapping one drug for another, who pointed out that hallucinogens aren't addictive. The last thing people want to do is use this again the next day, Johnson said. Evidently, he hasn't been to Burning Man. Um, this is outside <laughs> the box. When a typical drug goes in the body, it has an effect. And when it leaves the body, the effect is gone. The fascinating thing is that people is that the experiences with these hallucinogenic compounds can change people. Um Hmm. How many times you're a smoker, right? Sure, I is. How many times have you tried to give up? I give up uh, uh, on a daily basis. It's, I'm constantly. I would like. I would like anything that would work. Like the sort of. I'm constantly at war with myself for smoking. So yeah, I, I, me I, too. It's exhausting. It's a tedious running track of sort of like don't smoke. Don't. You've had two. You've had it. Just a kind of constant. Yeah. So I would. I think anything that would work. I think if you're going in to take it, if you've never taken them before as well, the level of commitment that you have 
is just in I'm gonna take acid to right. get off drugs to get off fags. I mean right. you're probably That's if they've point. never taken them before, you're probably ready to never smoke again, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. a small study, there wasn't the control and they didn't say how they picked the people. But yeah, presumably they're all pretty committed. If they're gonna try this thing they would never otherwise totally. it would also work if just like halfway through your trip the scientist dressed as a gorilla just came in the room but like, don't smoke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like you That's just, definitely what happened. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Someone just dresses like a dead relative. <laughs> we don't like it when you smoke. Right. <laughs> yeah, just Hitler shows up. And like, <laughs> I don't know. He just comes in on a carpet. Like, <laughs> stop smoking. <laughs> Jesse, oh, better, you, do what, better follow these orders. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, would you try this? Um, I would try this final solution, Andy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's weird because I have very bad history with psychedelics. I do not do well with them. Really? Oh, yeah. What happens? I have the worst trips. Really? It's just a nightmare. I mean, the first time I was like 15. And oh, I, I think I heard. And I had my first day of work the next day. I called the cops on myself. <laughs> you told me, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I called the cops on myself. Um, and um, my next day was my first day at a Philly cheesesteak place. <laughs> so I was still like coming down for my trip and I had to, you guys know I'm a vegetarian. Uh, this is sort of the catalyst. I was still coming down for my trip and the next day I'd never had a job before I walked in the back of this Philly cheesesteak place and it just looked like uh, where Rocky would practice, just hanging carcasses. And, uh, and I was like, I can't, I can't, you know. Um, and then I kept trying because that's what you do with drugs. You keep trying. You know, keep trying. And you kept seeing that vision of Mickey telling you, "Get <laughs> no, up, you son of a bitch!" Kept having an awful time, you know. I mean, I I've always been really prone to like panic attacks and stuff, so I get really in my head. You have to I, apparently you have to go in with the right attitude. Yeah, and I'm just not capable of any of that. <laughs> it's an attitude I've never had. I've never been able to like. I'm gonna have a great time tonight. Yeah, I'm always just like this is gonna fucking suck. <laughs> like that's my daily attitude. And then, and you then, get then pleasantly surprised. I get pleasantly surprised, right. and that's great. You know, it's I'm not like a huge bummed out guy, but but um, keep expectations low. Yeah, I set my expectations so low, even even uh, sexually like foreplay stuff. I'm like, there's gonna be a dick under there, and then I'm like, oh <laughs> no, it's a girl. All right, let's go for this. You know. Uh, I don't know why that was a joke. That was a joke, and we will get mail. Though actually, that sort of relates to I don't. I mean, I don't want to move on from the psychedelics if if we still have things to discuss. But I would uh, do it. I would. You do would it. do it. Okay. I think I would feel safer in an environment. Uh, I, really, I mean, I think just placebo effect of thinking this was clinical. Yeah, and I've never done mushrooms. Mushrooms are different. I've you haven't. Done, no, really? I've always done way harder, weird. You know. Yeah, yeah. I've I, never taken any drugs, and everyone always thinks I'm on drugs. <laughs> like it's one of those. I can. Well, your I, eyelashes are so wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, the, that's the reason. What if it's true for you? Like that's yeah. what he was telling me. He's like, no, your eyelashes are alive. They're definitely yeah. alive. When you go to sleep, they punch out for the day. They just like walk off. It's a living. Yeah, yeah it's a living. <laughs> yeah. Join, the, join a spider, become legs. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Voltron eyes. Don't ever do psychedelics now that you've got that no, vision no, in your well, head. You're going to be staring in the mirror for three hours. Like, my spider leg eyes. I mean, drugs are how I started smoking. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is the. That's hilarious. This is yes. the solution. <laughs> the, the fear of being on acid is. I need a fag. My right. Cigarette. Yeah, yeah. Cigarette. Right. Yes. 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 People get <laughs> different words. Different words. <laughs>
Um, speaking of creepy Good crawlies, call, what? Different words. <laughs> <laughs> Great space filler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no uncomfortable silence with no, Andy Wood in the no. house. <laughs> <laughs> Must keep talking at all times, regardless uh, of whether breathing I have Breathing in, breathing say. out. Yes. <laughs> Continuing the process that keeps my body alive. Making a yes. sandwich. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, mental synapses. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yes yes are we doing the brain story uh i was thinking that's a possible one yes a couple a... people sent this in oh we got a, a few well then we got to do it uh it's quite a cool story this yeah. is a woman of 24 found to have no cerebellum in her brain that seems Which... impossible and you might think you might think well, she's well, that's dead, one right? dead retard <laughs> yeah. but no no, no not they the case that. No. No, not the case i mean you might think that not use those words <laughs> sure <laughs> sure choose... sure um she just said fag <laughs> oh, you meant like a, a period in, in a musical composition where it slows down. A retard. Oh, okay, okay. Different words. Different words. Different words. Different, lots of different, different words. words. <laughs> There's um, still these words. <laughs> Read the story. Focusing yeah, on the story. The story. Continuing Continuing the podcasting. So this Taking is in China, some... uh, in the Chinese PLA hospital of the Jinan Military Area Command in Shandong Province. A are woman you, was. Are, are you reading the New Scientist article? You got to read the yes. first sentence, don't you? You got to read the first sentence. They start it with a joke. Oh god, I ha- oh god, it's a bad one as well. I think I just my brain just jumped over it. <laughs> it starts with don't mind the gap. <laughs> Get in your crate, Matt. A woman <laughs> A woman has reached the age of 24 so without anyone realizing she was missing a large part of her brain. The case highlights just how adaptable the organ is. Um, wow. So she was admitted to the hospital complaining of dizziness and nausea. She told doctors she'd have problems walking steadily for most of her life. And her mother reported that she hadn't walked until she was seven, and her speech only became intelligible at the age of six. I now feel awful about everything I said. <laughs> so, <laughs> I assumed it had no mental effect on her. You know what I mean? I it had much, it's, it's, what's remarkable is how limited the effect was. Sure. Um, doctors did a CAT scan and immediately identified the source of the problem. Her entire cerebellum was missing. The space where it should be was empty of tissue. Instead, it was filled, filled with cerebrospinal uh, fluid which cushions the brain and provides defense against disease. Do they have any suspects? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Suspect foul play. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, the cerebellum, sometimes known as the little brain, is located underneath the two hemispheres. It looks different from the rest of the brain because it consists of much smaller and more compact folds of tissue. It represents about 10% of the brain's total volume, but contains 50% of its neurons. Mm. Um, so this is a very important part of the brain. Yeah. And generally very useful for a lot of things. Although it's not unheard of to have parts of your brain's mis- brain missing, either congenitally or from surgery, the woman, according to this article, joins an elite club of just nine people who are known to have lived without their entire cerebellum. They meet bi-monthly <laughs> <laughs> when they can find the location. Yeah. Right. Uh, a detailed description of how the disorder affects a living adult is almost non-existent uh, because most people with a condition die at a young age and the problem is only discovered at autopsy. Uh, so here you go. The cerebellum's main job is to control voluntary movements and balance, and is also thought to be involved in our ability to learn specific motor actions and speak. Problems in the cerebellum can lead to uh, severe mental impairment, movement disorders, epilepsy, or a potentially fatal buildup of fluid in the brain. You guys, what if this whole time we've been laughing, but Mr. Bean doesn't have a cerebellum? <laughs> <laughs> what if that, like the uh, specific motor actions, uh, difficulty speaking, balance issues? <laughs> Uh, by the way, it Mr. all points to Mr. Bean, uh, the most internationally recognized comedic yep. 
show like really like, everywhere in the world yeah yeah because yeah, there's, there's no there's no, no language it's, it's like almost, those creepy montreal just for laughs pranks without the yeah, talk it's right. almost yeah. entirely silent and as someone with a vaguely rowan atkins like face this is something i've increasingly learned as i've traveled the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah people uh no you know who you look like the guy from catfish you the movie or yeah, the show? Yeah. The, I haven't seen the show. One, but... Oh, I haven't seen Oh, no, it. I haven't seen the show. I saw the movie. Is well, there, the is guy, there one the person same guy. The, same guy. the dark-haired guy. You know, I haven't it's, seen it. Oh, my Sorry. God, he looks so much like Matt. It's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely true. crazy. That is true. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the other one, I've ha- I got numerous people messaging me to tell me I looked like the Santa Barbara shooter. Oh, no. Mm. You you made similar YouTube videos, right. but you don't look like him. Provenza. Paul Provenza told me, hey, man, you should do a... You should do some videos, like a parody. I was like, <gasps> no, no, that is the exact. No. I mean, like, I should if that. I want that to be the last thing I ever do. <laughs> no, you should if you think comedy is funny. <laughs> Jesus, I'm with Paul. <laughs> it's just, hey, you know who you look like. You should do a horrible, horrible. Nah, comedy I know. About this I know. Funny. No, it's always super unfortunate when people like. Um, uh, my friend Jerry looks just look like, just like Jeffrey Dahmer. And it's seriously, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I think he's coming over today. Oh, okay. So you, you guys will meet him. There'll be a Jeffrey Dahmer looking guy. <laughs> it's like identical, and and uh, yeah. It's, so uh, every girl he goes out with, it, when she describes him to her friend, she's probably like going around and ended up Jeffrey Dahmer. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer. Like yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I used to live on the same street as a serial killer, but at different times. You told me, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cranley, I know. That always creeps me out. Even being near that house, and I did that you guys just party. It just makes me. I always feel weird walking past it. Like yeah, because it's house. one of those in Britain. It's one of those famous addresses. Oh really? Yeah, like, like Cranley. Go, creepy house. people go to. Yeah, but not, but not just that. It's just one of those well-known street names where, right. if you say Cranley Gardens, a lot of people they'll either instantly know or they go. Cranny Gardens. Why do I know Cranny Gardens? And you go, oh, because it's a f- very famous serial killer used to yeah. live there. Like, is it Sherlock Holmes? Is that? No, no, serial killer. Yeah. Sherlock mm. Holmes was there. Maybe would have got him sooner. Yeah, <laughs> we're really close to the uh, the Charles Manson murders here. Really? Yeah. Is that the Valley? Yeah, well, the the Tate Bianca ones were. The, I didn't know the, that. The, I know that. Or the. Uh, well, I no, still think someone murders, someone's think definitely been murdered in our backyard. I'm well, certain well, of that. Yeah, I don't know who, but like at some point during like someone. During like the McCarthy era, sure, sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> there was a weird. This house has no, the weirdest history. It's obviously, years old. videos are a terrible idea. Uh, yes, don't yeah, make don't those do videos. Don't, yes. don't make those videos. Well, I wouldn't. Uh, they're, they're not even topical now. It's the moment's yeah. passed. Yeah. Well, no, the I was worried that I was never going to take advantage of. No, I was saying that to cover my own ass. I didn't know if my sarcasm read. Like, you should <laughs> totally do that. Like, no, that's the. That's, that's how impressionable Matt is. You just thought that saying, "Well, now I got to do it." <laughs> no. Well, Jesse's a friend, and he wouldn't lie. Wouldn't lie. So this woman, this woman in this story, she yes. was, yeah, despite all those things that the cerebellum does, she only had mild to moderate motor deficiency and mild speech problems, sl- such as slightly slurred pronunciation. The doctors describe these effects as less than would be expected and say her case highlights the remarkable plasticity of the brain. That's uh, remarkably plastic. Yep. Wow. Uh, the, the patient's doctor suggests that normal cerebellar function may have been taken over by the cortex. And further brain scans should hopefully reveal the answer. Wow, easy! It's amazing the the stuff you can just live with. Yeah, yeah, because there. I mean, there are plenty of examples in general of how the brain can adapt. Like after someone has a stroke, a stroke mm-hmm. kills some of the brain tissue. That brain tissue never recovers. But over time, a lot of people re- uh, regain most, if not all, of their previous function. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just other bits of the brain taking over those bits. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I have a stroke every night before bed. 
And I find that doesn't affect right, me. No, it just makes me more sleepy. You know? It's a different. Uh, we've been through. It's a different thing. <laughs> different word. <laughs> See, his words. There's different. No, it's a thing meanings. where. You, no, it's kind of where kind of your your left side goes numb because you sit on your hand, so it feels like someone else. <laughs> you have a stroke. It smells, <laughs> stroke it smells like toast because you went to Jack in the Box and eating. <laughs> having a little stroke. Exactly. Give yourself a little stroke there. Do you think if she knew she had that? Like, I wonder if you if you got told that was what you had, would would it? Have, you know, would it have slowed down? You know, like, would you have tried as hard? You know, like, because she didn't know that was a thing. She would have just thought, oh, I'm just a bit... I'm Use just, that you know, as, as your out yeah. for everything. Yeah, just like, well, I've yeah. got... It's a perfect know. out. Yeah. I don't have a of, cerebellum. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. You just thought, yeah. well, I'm not going to try. So that's probably why, maybe on some level, that's why hers wasn't as... It would be a good, good chance to sit out of, like, school sports. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know I can't catch. Don't have a cerebellum, so I'm just no going to go and read in the library for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than run around Also, if you're one of nine people that's ever known to have this and lived... You can totally just make up symptoms. Oh, yeah. Like, you could lie oh, yeah. to your teachers in school. Yeah. You could hold up banks and be you like, I don't like know a, what I was doing. I don't have a cerebellum. That's what would have stopped me from doing it. Not having a cerebellum makes you really Robbie. Robbie. Feeling a bit Robbie yeah. lately. Just makes you not want to pay for things. You just yeah, I just can't. You wouldn't know what it's like. Yeah. Robbery as a... As a, as a personality trait? Just, no, but robbery as a word just sounds so... Like... Non-serious Doesn't I know it? Yeah. Totally Robbery know. could mean anything Up to some very very serious crimes it's, But it still feels like Oh just doing a bit of robbery, robbery. Also it's buggery It sounds like buggery <laughs> Totally yeah. Referee is one of my favourite words Because angry men shout it And it sounds so jolly <laughs> like, Referee It's a jolly word It yeah. doesn't sound It sounds like revelry Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, It sounds like you were saying With a spinning bow tie yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Referee yeah. Referee Wow <laughs> it feel like a Dick Van Dyke a number. A furious yeah. man shouts <laughs> screaming totally. at a stranger. <laughs> you guys, we have a bunch of really good stories people have sent in. Um, yeah. Didn't you guys get to the one? Uh, I would do a segue, but I can't think of one, but I, I like this one a lot. Um, the Book Scorpions. Did you guys read that one? <laughs> uh, I, uh, well, This is a story sent in a few weeks ago, right? Yes. We just, it, we've been sitting on it. Sent in from Jim Sardonic, also a listener. Jim Sardonic sends in, sends in great stuff. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, this is a Scientific American article that was written in, in sort of a cheeky way that I like. Um, there are these tiny little scorpions <laughs> called book scorpions, uh, which, according to this article in Scientific American, uh, are the best and worst thing to happen to books because book scorpions, but also book scorpions. Uh, probably known yeah, nice, as pseudoscorpions. Nice HuffPost comedy style. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because right. the internet. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is probably going to be the best thing that's ever happened ever. <laughs> it's real journalism. <laughs> real um, journalism. Properly known as pseudoscorpions, these tiny, tiny creatures have a fondness for old books because old books also happen to contain delicious book lice and dust mites. And they're not really book scorpions at all because they can't hurt us, and they've basically been performing a free pest control service since humans started stacking excessive numbers of dusty, bound-together piles of paper along our walls and nightstands. Um, The arrangement works because old bookmakers used to bind books using a starch-based glue that book lice and dust mites love. So without a healthy population of book scorpions patrolling your collection, those parasites are probably having a horrible, silent field day chewing them all apart. Um, these are found all over the world. Their official name is Chelifer cancroides, and they grow no more than four millimeters in length. They look just like scorpions, thanks to their enormous pairs of uh, long pincer-like claws called pedipalps. They're twice as long as their legs, but they still manage to carry them 
right up in front of their heads or out beside them. Um, and when they're, not, when they're not patrolling old books or supporting oversized appendages with their tiny heads, and this is where the article takes a, a turn, uh, book scorpions are having weird sex. <laughs> yeah. Weird sex that involves a lot of dancing and rubbing. Uh, the process starts with a male cordoning off a mating territory around one to two centimeters in size. That's all I need. Yep. <laughs> Do that by rubbing their abdomens in the center of the space, presumably depositing some kind of pheromone. And once a female has been lured into the area... Arena. The arena. Thank you. The male will begin his glorious courtship dance, vibrating his body rapidly and showing off his pedipalps by waving them around in what we can only assume is a seductive manner, all in an effort to prove that he is worthy and capable of creating strong and healthy offspring with this fine lady in front of him. And oh, great. She's interested. Time to commence the foreplay. Nope. Nope. Uh, these are arachnids. And what does a arachnid version of foreplay look like? Uh, he dumps his sack full of sperm on the ground. And it gets worse because <laughs> then he pushes the female down on his sack of sperm. Um, the whole process can take anywhere from 10 minutes to a whole hour. The sack full of sperm will be taken up in the female's genital orifice. This is Bukaki. <laughs> Bukaki. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the crate is right over there. Uh, <laughs> she'll, the end up, <laughs> she'll end up producing 40 to 20 to 40 eggs, which she'll carry around in her abdomen even after they've hatched. The larvae will remain inside for some time, attached to her genital orifice, and feeding on a milk-like substance produced by her ovaries until she's become so emaciated they just have to leave. And just like larger actual scorpions, book scorpion mothers are cool with carrying their offspring on their backs until they're old enough to disperse and conduct their own very important book patrols. And uh, guess what the respiratory organs of book scorpions are called, guys? You talking book lungs? They're called book lungs, unrelated to the book scorpion book thing about how they're in books. But spiders They're called that. Uh, spiders have them also because they're built with alternating sacks of air pockets and layers of tissue filled with insect blood, hemolymphs, and they look just like the warp pages of an old book. Huh. So we just learned something. That'd be, a fun, that'd be a fun thing to be filled with. Book lungs? To be yeah. filled with books? Be filled with book lungs? You know what wouldn't be cool to be filled with? <laughs> What's that, Jesse? It's a 35-year-old dead baby. Oh, God, yes. That would that'd be less cool <laughs> no, than having is, book lungs. suck. Uh, <clears throat> did you guys know <laughs> that uh, there's a... Oh, no. Hold on. <laughs> Damn it. What's wrong? I've, I've got it. Lost my link. Oh, here we go. Uh, doctors have removed the skeletal remains of an unborn child from its mother 36 years after the baby's conception, according to news reports. So, old enough to become president. Old enough to be the next Jesus. Yes. And then, you know, too bad. That's where it wound up. Uh, the operation happened last week, and the case may mark the longest time a fetus from an uh, ectopic pregnancy has stayed in a woman's body. The Times of India reported. Okay. Again. Again. You're not going to go down this road, are I'm you? I'm not going down okay. this road. Yes. But we did. Someone wrote in someone about the inbreeding. about how India does end up having a lot of these strange things. It has a, it, there's, there's a... There's a problem. There's a problem with uh, that, you know. Um, the 60-year-old woman... Kuntumbai Gangvan. Nope, that's probably not the first syllable. <laughs> <laughs> it is. What do you mean? That's not like my thing. I just mean I I'm trying to. I think it is. <laughs> it's going to be a soft vowel. It's going to be a soft vowel. K A N T. How would you get that out of that? Cunt. <laughs> okay. Okay. Keep going. The six-year-old woman, Kantabay Gunvaint Thakra. All right, say A's like Andy wants, um, began complaining about an intense pain in her abdomen about two months ago, according to the Times of India. And after her doctor found a lump on the lower right side of her abdomen, the woman underwent an ultrasound to determine whether the lump uh, appeared cancerous. Instead, the sonogram revealed a calcified mass. Ugh. The doctors then turned to an MRI, uh, which is magnetic resonance imaging, and that can take detailed images of organs and structures within the body. 
It was after the patient underwent an MRI that the doctors could make the mass was, in fact, a child's skeleton. Mm-hmm. And this is from Dr. Murtaza Akhtar, head of surgery at Lada Mangashkar's hospital in central India. Uh, doctors learned that when the woman was 24 years old, she experienced an ectopic pregnancy, meaning that the fetus did not develop in the uterus as it should have, but rather elsewhere within her body. It's unclear from the news reports where exactly the fetus was located, but ectopic pregnancies often involve implantation in the fallopian tube, said Dr. Jonathan Herman, an obstetrician, an, an obst- obstetric surgeon, obstetric surgeon. Yeah, sure. At Long Island Jewish Medical Center in New Hyde Park, New York. Uh, who is not involved in the woman's case. <laughs> in rare cases, implantation occurs in the ovaries or abdomen, he said. Doctors used to remove ectopic pregnancies with surgery, but in the past 20 years or so, more physicians have turned to a medication called methotrexate that essentially dissolves the pregnancy tissue, Herman said. Uh, the drug can be used early in pregnancy, typically before there is a heartbeat. In the woman's case, the pregnancy occurred in 1978. She sought treatment but became fearful of an operation that would remove the fetus from her body, so she went home without having surgery. The pain wait, 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 wait. So she knew, and then nothing ever came out, and she was like, well, it must have taken care of itself. Yeah, it'll take care of itself. <laughs> you know. Uh, the pain returned 36 years later. This may be a case of lithopedian, a rare condition that roughly translates to stone baby. <laughs> Not roughly. Like, litho is definitely stone. And yep. PD is, yeah. That's, yep. that's what it Stone means. baby. Yeah. I wish they still called it. Ah, she's yeah. got stone baby. <laughs> uh, Herman told Live Science, or that's what Herman told Live Science. Okay. Uh, when a fetus dies outside of the womb, there may be too much tissue for it to be re- uh, reabsorbed by the mother's body. Outside of the womb, but still in still the body. In the body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if it's like on the table, it's... Yeah. Right. That's not, it's not SIDS. Yeah. Um, instead, in order to protect itself against complications, the mother's body may calcify the outside of the fetus. It's unclear why the calcified sac did not irritate the woman until recently. I don't think anybody can answer that, Herman said. But the human body changes with time. For instance, in people who have their gallbladders taken out, the bowels may get caught in the internal scars from the surgery years later. In the Indian woman's case, a team of doctors performed a complex operation to remove the sac, which had settled along the woman's uterus, intestines, and bladder. The medical team found a complete skeleton inside. The amniotic fluid that protects the fetus might have been absorbed and the soft tissues liquefied over time, with only a bag of bones with some fluid remaining, said the very fucking bummer <laughs> Muhammad Yunus Shah, one of the surgeons who treated the woman. It's unlikely the doctors would find a lithopedian case in areas with accessible health care, Herman said. In most women who have an ectopic pregnancy, physicians locate and remove the fetus. The condition is going to become more rare as modern medicine spreads throughout the world, Herm- Herm- uh, Herman said. With current medicine, you just don't see them. So this could possibly be the last case of Stone, ba- of stone Baby. I hope so. I'm, I'm picturing a dinosaur egg. And zero comments, a... by the way. That's a really? bummer. I, I thought, you know. Well, this isn't like one of the right-wing sites that, uh, yeah. I know. We said baby was an immigrant. <laughs> Sometimes people send in articles, and the article's good. That the site ends up being something that was like run by Glenn Beck that happened a couple weeks ago, and then like everyone has to find a racist angle on the yeah, science story. It was amazing. Like, yeah. Was it the Blaze? Is that the website? The Blaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what are you saying about dinosaur eggs? What are you talking about? It just seems like because it's like the, the whole the sack hardens right and becomes like a stone. I'm just picturing when it comes out, it's just like a, a modeled. Spotted dinosaur. I'm just picturing a dinosaur egg. I don't know. Well, you know, obviously dinosaurs were around, but then there were mammals after the dinosaurs. Uh huh. You know. Uh huh. Of course. Did you know that uh, uh, Jurassic squirrels push back the clock on emergence of mammals? I didn't know that, Jesse. Well, it's fucking weird, because in placing three newly discovered species along the mammal family tree, researchers conclude that mammals emerged and exploded in diversity between 235 and 201 million years ago. Um, and it's pretty cool. We'll put a link up to this, but they did a, a reconstruction of the new mammal species. 
Um, That's a pretty bad photoshopping of the tail going around the the branch there. Yeah. That doesn't really convey any depth. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's a good call. It's quite sexy, though. It is a little bit coquettish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fossil remains of squirrel-like oh, mammals. I fucked the shit. Out yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, I'd like to get that squirrel. Yeah, yeah you like to fuck. It's hot. Yeah. Oh god, I'd like to hold that squirrel and really fucking do it. Yeah. Really, really. What's his character called? What's this guy's name? Yeah. It's called oh, Matt's, Matt's, <laughs> Matt's true self. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the fossil remains of squirrel-like mammals with a hefty dose of cute. Oh, Aww. I have to get a Come on. Uh, are helping reset the clock for mammalian evolution. Over the past three years, a team of researchers has uncovered six 160-million-year-old fossils that represent three new species that were living in trees at the time of the dinosaurs. In placing these creatures along with the mammal family tree, the researchers concluded that mammals emerged and exploded in diversity uh, between 235 million and 201 million years ago during the Triassic period. If the results hold up to additional scrutiny, they imply a much earlier start for mammals than some previous studies had indicated. They also dovetail with DNA studies that have pointed to an earlier emergence for mammals. Combined with other mammal fossils from the early Jurassic, which began about 200 million years ago, the results also reinforce the notion that mammals were more than Lilliputian interlopers timidly eking out a living under the shadow of mighty dinosaurs. Instead, they were a thriving group. Some could swim, some could dig, suggesting a land-based habitat. Along come these new specimens whose bodies are well adapted to living in the canopy of Jurassic forests. So yeah, these specimens came from China. Here's here's what surprises me as well. This is a story, and we've had stories from this source before as well, and also I've read this for political stories in the past. This you, comes assumed, from the Christ- you assumed that it was... Well, the Christian Science Monitor. This is a very reputable publication. Yeah, yeah. whenever I read something from there, I'm always <laughs> amazed that it's a fairly neutral and unbiased and scientifically-minded publication. Yeah, like, but isn't that a different... It's, it's a different I've definition, looked, right? Because there's, like, Christian Science, which is different. No, it, it, it is. It was founded it, by the the... I mean, I don't know. You know. Church of Christ Scientists, Mary Baker. People who sort of can, can who can believe in all that stuff what? and go, yeah, evolution as well. They've worked no, out a way to what? make it. All yeah, I don't. I sit in their exactly head. What they are, but it says, uh, despite its name, the Monitor does not claim to be a religious themed paper, and says it does not promote the doctrine of its patron church. However, at its founder Eddie's request, that would be. Um, 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 it's Mary Baker Eddie or something like that. Yes, it is Mary Baker Eddie. Uh, a daily religious article has appeared in every issue of the Monitor. Eddie also required the inclusion of Christian Science in the paper's name over initial opposition by some of her advisors who thought the religious reference might repel a secular audience. Um, its inception was in part a response by Eddie to the journalism of her day, which relentlessly covered the sensations and scandals surrounding her new religion with varying degrees of accuracy. Um, yeah, so it's sort of... It's yeah, it's, interesting it's a secular, that the Christian yeah. Science Monitor actually seems to have a fairly balanced and informed readership and, and writers... Whereas the blaze is just, yeah, yeah, which has nothing religious in the title, is actually crazy right wingers. I yeah. think that's who um, a classmate of mine from high school was writing for. Yes, uh, do you guys remember Jill Carroll, mm-hmm. the the journalist who was kidnapped? Yes, in like two thousand six. Yeah, she was writing for Christian Science Monitor over in Iraq, and she was on the swim team with me in high school. Wow. wow. And your first kiss through a shoe in Hillary Clinton. Yes. Got a lot of it. Andrew WK was on the water polo team with me. Are you serious? I didn't tell you that? No. Yeah. I didn't know that. Andrew Wilkes career? Yeah. Andrew WK was on the water polo team. And swim you. team with me. And swim team. Yeah. Was this a high school or college? High school. 
he went to the alternative high school in town, which had no sports team. So you would just go play sports with, with, with whichever of the high schools would have been your region had you not been a hippie who went to the special school. Okay. I went yeah. to uh, yeah. an alternative high school, and we just didn't do the sports at all. Yeah, most there kids there no don't sports. do the sports. They just <laughs> shave side of their head and, uh, yeah, right. Doc Martens, yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew WK now is writing an advice column, yeah. which is phenomenal. It's great. He's it's- a great dude, yeah. I, I, I who cannot. is he? I don't know who he is. Uh, black hair, party hard, it's time to party, party till you puke. Any of those songs sound familiar? He wrote a whole album about just partying. His first <laughs> album. His how first hard album and is, which to party. Yeah, the degrees of, of hardness of partying. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's really like um, anthemic. Are you playing a song maybe for him? Which, which song is most likely it's to just do party it? hard. Party when it's hard. time to party, we will party hard. Yeah. Uh, and the songs are so layered. Like one of the songs... Not that one. <laughs> they're all yeah. They're all anthems. Well, the album is party. No, I don't think that's party hard, is it? Is it? Fuck or is yeah. it? It's time to. P- or th- this might be. It's time to party. No, this is party hard. It just didn't have the robotic voice in the beginning that I'm used to. Right. It's, uh... Oh well, the beginning has the. I don't know, but I like it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his first album, I Get Wet, is one it's of the really best. really beefy for a rock star. Oh, yeah. He's, He's an interesting. Rock star, he looks like he eats. Yeah. And normally always like, uh. Yeah. You know. In the video for one of his songs, he's just running with an incredibly long microphone cord through a house singing his song. Then he takes a break to make himself like a power smoothie with peanut butter and banana <laughs> in the kitchen before we're continuing to like scream out the metal and run out in the street. He's awesome. Yeah. It's like the funniest thing, but he broke. My mom uh, was visiting. And she's like, I had lunch with Andrew Wilkes Creator's mother last week. And I guess he just got signed to Island Records for half a million dollars. I'm like, I didn't know he even played music. Right. Uh, and then suddenly, <laughs> and then I told her to tell him through his mom that I was going to come see him at this show in Portland. And uh, she reported back that he said, oh, yeah, I remember Andy. He was the only upperclassman who was nice to me on the water polo team. And he appreciates that. Oh, so, huh. yeah, I guess he was bullied a little bit. But did you go see him at the show? Yeah. He let me come on the tour bus. And I, I have pictures with us. To, I'll, put, I'll put a picture of us together. He's Andy. Hanging hair. with the WK. I was, love that guy. But I had, I had hair as long as his at the time. Right. <laughs> it was really dumb looking. Um, yeah. Anyway, how, what were we talking about? Christian Science Monitor, which was uh, yeah, squirrels. Yeah, right squirrels. Yes. Yeah. All You've right. gone through a few hair iterations since I've known you. <sighs> yeah, there's some bad choices. Some bad hair choices. My whole life is a series of shitty hat choices. Hat choices. <laughs> hat choices. My whole life. <laughs> well, or great barber choices, like the naked, like the topless barber in our neighborhood. You go to best barber. Best barber. <laughs> best barber. I need to go back soon. Seriously, I'll, I'll go with you. Trim time. Let's do it. You've got a lot of hair. I do have a lot of. I'm a hairy guy. Are you Irish? Uh, Jewish or Irish? Irish, I guess, would be the background. Yeah. yeah, Irish people don't really have partings. Have what? Don't have what? Partings. You can't part your hair if you're... It's sort of na- like it sort of grows round, and you look like, like the yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't it, really have the a the part is very forced. Yeah, yeah. You have to sort of like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a speaker wire, <laughs> yeah. steel wool type thing. <laughs> Parts kind of coming back these days a little bit. Yeah, partings are really in fashion. It's yeah, strange. I never thought that would. Yeah. Are both sides of your family Irish? Yeah, but I, my hair's not what it was. I had double the amount of hair. It's thin from bleach. I'm going bald. <laughs> wow. It's really upsetting. <laughs> I'm not really like no, the no, list. No, I forget no, that no. the listeners, they don't know. <laughs> I just wow. imagine bald women sitting there. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, I bleached my hair. My hair's like nat- naturally lily black and I bleached it for years. Oh, wow. So it's like, but like white bleached. And then I was like, oh. 
Yeah. I can see my head. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. And so. Like, it would be black, black, huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty dark. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. kind of so, cool. So, no? No? So what? The black hair. Yeah. I think it's a good look. Yeah. I know. Oh, I'm too pale. Yeah. I'm just too pale for it. I just look a bit like in school, like Morticia. It's like very long black. Sort sure, of hair. sure. Got, you know, where, of, where in Ireland are you from? I'm born in London, so I'm raised in London. So okay. I'm London, but my parents are Irish. So ah. just sort of, okay. Yeah, they're from Cork, and my dad was from Cavan. Right. You, don't, means you don't sound Irish at all. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm a Londoner. You know, yeah. like, but yeah. just like hair-wise, it's <laughs> like yeah, from the, the Irish. Your sure. mum's full on. Yeah. She's well, like she's like a troll, <laughs> Bo- a troll doll, just there. Both both sides of my family come from just sharecropping in North America. What is what's that? What does that uh, mean? That's where like if you wanted to immigrate, okay, you were super broke, so you would live in like a shack on a farmer's land. Oh, okay, and you right. would do like you'd get like an acre for yourself. I see. Then you yeah. farm their land all day. So that's how they all came over. But my dad's side of the family is a little older. Than my mom's side, but I think they're all Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you look very Irish. Well, my my mother's maiden name is Hennessy. You're Irish, mate. Um, <laughs> you know, if there was any doubt, like, that's it. Like, you know, I think we might be Irish. Hennessy, yeah, you're pretty Irish. Right, right. And my dad's mom's uh, maiden name is McFishmitten, which yeah. is weird. <laughs> um, that's not true. No. McFish Mitten. McFish Mitten. Yeah, she had a notoriously mm. notorious vagina. Everyone knew about it, and that's why that's why they had to leave the country. And um, yeah, terrible. McFish Mitten. Terrible. Probably Irish. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you swing on this one. I'm just gonna. Look, <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm. Uh, you guys aren't gonna be able to hear me soon. I'm so deep in this hole. <laughs> and I, I, it's I, a silly one too. I right? keep going. To, oh, yeah, God, yeah. But oh, I keep God. going down. There you go. There you go. I keep going down. <laughs> How do we get out of this? I don't know. I'm sorry about me, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> We've never recorded this early, I think, I by think the way. I think it's an interesting time to record. Um, I, know how to, I know how to get out of this. This is an adorable story. It's also nice. like a use, use of peaceful, no, piece of useful information to some of our listeners, including um, friend of the show, past guest Augie Smith. Who he and his wife Julie just welcomed their son Porter, his first son. Congrats, Augie! Um, and here's a little piece of advice, Augie, if you want your child to grow up with uh, a great l- a lack of allergies and of asthma, or looking like a badass, or looking super sexy, you might want to have your baby sleep on animal skin, on animal fur. <laughs> <laughs> That's animal skin's a little it's different. An adorable story. Yeah, yeah, I mean it still is. Animal fur is yes. still. Yeah, involving skinning an animal, so yeah. it's not the, as, as adorable. You still have to skin you know the animal. weird? Completely unrelated to this, I have thrown red paint on so many babies. <laughs> <laughs> they know but, what they did. <laughs> yeah. But, it's just sort of a, my, my weird thing. Um, so it's according to this article on ScienceDaily.com, sleeping on animal fur in the first three months of life might reduce the risk of asthma in later childhood. Um, the research presented by the European Respiratory Society their international congress in Munich suggests that exposure to the microbial environment in animal skin and fur could have a protective effect against asthma and allergies. Um, and this is like, I've heard of similar things about how like you shouldn't have, your floor shouldn't be too clean. Like letting kids play in dirt reduces their allergies later on in life. Sure. So like we all think that we're supposed to keep everyone Every morning clean, I'd lick the bathroom floor. Why shouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Previous studies suggested that exposure to a wider range of environments from a young age could be protective against asthma and allergies. And these haven't been confirmed conclusively in urban settings, but in this new study, researchers investigated children from a city environment who've been exposed to animal skin by sleeping on the material shortly after birth. This was a story, by the way, sent in by a um, German listener. Uh, oh, no, hang on. No, wrong one. No, this is another I don't want to hear it. Anyway, it's German. German. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was going to do Florian's other bear story. 
So they collected information on exposure to animal skin during the first three months of life, along with information on the health of the children until the age of 10 years. Um, it's a pretty big study. Tw- to over 2,000 oh, yeah. children were used in the study. And uh, yeah. 55% of those included sleeping on animal skin in the first three months of life. I just wonder if they're like providing these furs to the can families I, or they have can to... Can I just time out and look at how freaked out she is while seeing Stu shirtless walk by? <laughs> oh, did it happen? I was yeah, so but she just, she just looked over at me like... Uh, <laughs> the terror. <laughs> I just be like... Oh, that's our. That's our. She was the one I mentioned to you earlier with the cheese. Yeah. Um, oh, obviously his birthday was the other day because Stu. We forgot. we forgot that <gasps> Stu's birthday is nine eleven. It's just perfect. So oh, perfect. poor man. That's a terrible thing to happen to someone just... to have their birthday on nine eleven. And nine eleven was to worse, obviously. I know. <laughs> yeah. I've got. I don't. Yeah. 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 We're going out on a limb with that. Yeah, one. Yeah. Forget that. Yeah. The real victims are the people whose birthday was today. Oh, right. God. Yeah. yeah. In the words, in the words of Dan Mintz, it sucks because then, like, you you only get half as many presents because your birthday present doubles as your September 11th present. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I know. God. Uh, anyhow, so uh, these are 2,441 children. Um, Weird number. Yes, a bunch of them. Over half of them slept on animal skin. The results show that sleeping on animal skin was associated with a reduced risk of a number of factors connected to asthma. The chance of having asthma at the rate at the age of six years was seventy nine percent lower in children who had slept on animal skin after birth compared with those who were not exposed. But I, mean, I wonder how they control for the fact that all the children who slept on animal skin also were raised in caves, right, <laughs> outdoors by a fire. Like it's mm. Um, the risk decreased to 41% by the age of 10. Um, so yeah, it suggests that microbes found in rural settings can protect from asthma and an animal skin might be a reservoir for various kinds of microbes following similar mechanisms as has been observed in rural environments. And, uh, the study confirms that it's crucial to study further the actual microbial environment within the animal fur to confirm. Does it work with faux fur? Exactly. Yeah. Chicken feathers. Oh, (laughs) But this is a real sexy baby in this picture they have of this That's uh, a baby. That's terrible, no, they didn't, they didn't terrible have, sentence. Terrible sentence. No, they didn't have to pose him like that. That's weird. Terrible <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Shame. No, why he's kind of looking over his shoulder That's back at real. us. I think it's real. That's just a jewel ring of someone. <laughs> just a drawing just, of a baby. Why are they getting, no, he's got a hat and bottoms and no top on. Yeah. That's really creepy. Topless baby on a fur. They should have him in front of a fireplace. <laughs> yeah, like, why are they not giving yeah. him a top? Playing Barry White. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> it's like a very 80s. If I If I. Spent the, fur, yeah. by the way. If I spent the night in that baby's boudoir, I uh, certainly wouldn't want it to skip breakfast in the morning. I don't get it. After, uh... Is this linking to a story It's important that's... to eat breakfast, guys. Oh, it's it? important okay. because, you know, children who skip breakfast uh, might have a raised risk of diabetes. Oh, really? Ah. Do you know kids who don't eat breakfast have a higher risk of developing... I think breakfast has got way too much hype around it. I don't it's know got does so much breakfast. No, it does. Breakfast PR, PR is insane. <laughs> no, it's, it's rubbish. Insane. Eat when you're hungry and get on with your day. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Breakfast is Thank insane. You. Like, yeah. it's... Every, anything you eat is breakfast. The first... The first thing you eat The first thing you eat of the day like, is breakfast. Yeah. They're like, it's crazy. The people are obsessed with us, like, barely awake, stuffing our faces. Yeah. It's like, I'm not awake. My body's really angry that this is happening. Like, <laughs> it's nuts. It's, I'm not... Uh, my body no. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. Um, uh, you know, and I'm an, I'm an image of health. Um, <laughs> Same here. <laughs> uh, there's already evidence uh, that skipping breakfast raises the risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes in adults. Okay, damn it, they got me. <laughs> no, Angela Donan of St. George's, University of London, and her colleagues have found the same may apply to children. The researchers studied 4,000 children aged 9 and 10 years old in the U.K. They gathered information on how often the kids had breakfast, measured each child's body fat, and collected blood samples. Half of the children then took part in one-on-one interviews with the researchers. 
researchers in which they attempted to remember everything they had eaten the day before. (laughs) (laughs) The kids who reported regularly skipping breakfast had 26% higher levels of insulin in their blood after a period of fasting than those who reported eating breakfast every day. They also had 26% higher levels of insulin resistance. Among the children who managed to reconstruct their full menus from the day before, kids who ate high-fiber cereal breakfasts had lower insulin levels and insulin resistance than the children who had had any other breakfast types. After controlling for factors, including socioeconomic status and levels of physical activity, the results were still significant. How about controlling for the fact that they just relied on these kids to remember what they ate instead of doing this in like a real study way where they would be like the observers of it and... Yeah, that's, and th- a, that's a big part of it. They're saying is like these kids can't even remember what they ate. I guess. Well, there's some different there's some different stuff because the study can't pin the blame on breakfast, though. Says Teresa Nicholas at Baylor College in Houston, uh, as overweight individuals have been shown to underreport what they've actually eaten in Thank studies. Thank you. Um, yeah, it seems like a bullshitty story. I think the socioeconomic point of that is probably just not as... They, I think people, Well, there's kids, other stuff involved. Totally, Correlated, the kids who eat breakfast, like, if you haven't got a parent, you make sure you eat breakfast, and you have high sugar, sh- cheap food's got loads of sugar in it, right, so there's right. loads more, you know, like, you know, if you yeah. go to like a cheapy, you're going to have way more sugar than if your parents have got money and you're eating vegetables and salmon. Well, it's yeah. a, it's, that is sort of a Freakonomics, this sort of Freakonomics yeah. type thing. Where, Correlated yeah. but not causally related. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's... Uh, it's not a. It's not a. This therefore that. Yes. Right. 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 It's a. You know. Yeah. And eating breakfast is sort of sim- a symptom of a healthy home and like right. order and discipline and there's so much to go with it, isn't there? Like if you get like I'm not those things, <laughs> but and I've got friends who get up and they have breakfast and they they're able to digest breakfast because they've always done it. Whereas I'm like, oh, terrible things are happening. I can't. I'm not hungry for about an hour after I wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same here, but, but it is. It does sound bold. It's like saying like um, masturbating too much makes you depressed. Or something. It's like no, you're really lonely. Like you're super lonely. You're depressed. You're masturbating too much. It's not. It's not causal. Or just like having off-brand toys makes you fatter or something. It's like, no, right, you have right. GoBots instead of Transformers. Having, makes me- you having Mega Bloks. No, it's just because you couldn't afford the. Go- uh, I love bootleg toys, man. Oh, it's the best. Have you have you <laughs> have you guys gone to uh, Olvera Street? You should go while you're here in LA. No, no. It's a full blown couple few city blocks that is a full blown Mexican market. And but legit, like like very it's it's these everyone speaks Spanish. It's like hard to it's hard to like get what you want from stuff, but there <laughs> there are um I guess toy sort of uh toy thievery. Or, or mold stealing right, is right. a huge thing where, where someone will buy a $10 nice Batman toy and uh, or like in Mexico and they will make their own mold of it with clay and then just start making bootleg fucking Batman toys called like, you know, El Bat Guy or something. <laughs> or Batman. Or yeah, and, and they painted a slightly different color and the logo's a little different. And bird dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Birdman. And, and they come in like 10 packs for like a dollar and they're totally shitty and it's awesome. That's amazing. I love bootleg toys. They're so funny. Well, my other favorite thing along those lines is when you go to a costume, like a, a dressing up place, and they're selling those. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. They, they legally can't, like, certain things are trademarked. Yeah. Like, there's so a Michael Jackson costume that just says pop star. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nocturnal crime fighter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, a Batman costume. Nocturnal crime fighter. The most socialist thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. There's a job shop, you know, like Lidl in England. There's a yeah. shop, do they have? They don't have that here. But that would be the equivalent. Suicidal of that. 1950s star of silver screen. 
It will be like Starlet or something like yeah, that. Yeah, start. You get a Starlet wig. Yeah, and it comes yeah. with your fake mole for your, yeah. you know, <laughs> for your Starlet, Starlet look. Mole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Little. Yeah. Little. Um, it's a European chain. I think it's German originally, yeah, but it's but super they, cheap. Uh, they sell versions of all your favorite chocolate bar, like, but like a fake version of your chocolate bar, and they have to do. Have you been in there? And you get like. So they do like Snickers, but it's called like Knickers. You know, like <laughs> wait, what? Sort of, they like candy. Yeah, so you go in and you just have to sort of work your way through. And you go, oh, is this what bar is? What bar are they trying to tell us this but, is? You have to read the codes and work out. I mean, this is a Mars bar, so you have to look at the drawings and work out what it is a Mars bar, but they can't call it a Mars. But bar. But is it, it? But is it as good? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's exactly the same chocolate. Is but it you, even the same factory? Know, sometimes they are. Yeah, sometimes sometimes those. Yeah. Sometimes the generic brands are that made by the same people. Yeah, cereal yeah. companies um, double up like that. Yeah, all uh, the time. I, it's been so long since I bought name brand. Um, Clothes companies, uh, all the or any Fred Perry you get is made in like two factories. Like regardless, it's Ralph Lauren or Tesco's or whatever. It's oh, made wow. in like two factories. Um, yeah. I remember to give you an idea what Little's like. My first Edinburgh Festival show uh, was in in 2006, and it was in a venue called Pleasance Attic, which is a notoriously hot room. <laughs> Like uh, even uh, like Edinburgh festival venues often get very hot because they're not rooms that normally have shows in them. They're like uh, university rooms. They're like all like a cough. Yeah, it like, would normally. Oh, be... you mean hot room temperature wise? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it would be a room that normally would be like a, a storeroom or a side room, and instead it has fifty people and stage lights in there sure. for ten hours. A no aircon either. Um, so it, get, it got ludicrously hot. And what I did in my show was at the 40 minute mark I'd hand out ice lollies to all of the audience you so, old charmer so I kept them in, <laughs> so I kept them in like a in a freezer box backstage and every day I'd go to Little which is right next to the venue and I'd buy Little sells them it, these 20 packs of 10 orange 10 lemon and so I'd buy three of those every day right. every day and on the I think it was like the 20th day that I'd done that and bought 60 ice lollies a day from one of maybe three checkout staff one person thought to ask me what I was doing. Right. <laughs> and she genuinely, like, completely straight-faced, asked whether I was eating them all myself. <laughs> wow. And I think, f- for little, that is a plausible thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the kind of place where people with those weird eating habits <laughs> right. strange addiction. You just yeah, smile all- with your toothless face. <laughs> well, I am. I eat 60 ice lollies a day, and that is my diet. <laughs> By the way, uh, when we were talking about these off-brand things, I googled off-brand costumes and found a great quiz where they list a bunch of costumes. They see the picture of it and like, what do you think this is called? Um, this one is, looks very Zelda-ish, um, but in fact, it is not Zelda. It is Teen Elf Warrior costume. Um, <laughs> Teen Elf Warrior. This one I could have sworn was Lara Croft, but I was I was incorrect. It's actually Women's Tomb Fighter costume. <laughs> Women's Tomb Fighter. Um, this one. <laughs> This, this one looks a lot. This one looks a lot like uh, Mario of Super Mario Brothers fame, but I'm, I was incorrect. It's a sexy green plumber costume. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> finally, there's a, a gentleman in a, in a tweed jacket, a bow tie, um, a traveler of both time and space, um, Doctor Professor costume. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Professor. <laughs> Sure. We had uh, Amy Porrand of Dr. Professor was on our podcast yeah, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know Mario's meant to be sexy. <laughs> well, this is a pretty sexy Mario. If you want to look over here, I can uh, show you how oh, sexy. I'm sorry. It's a sexy green plumber. A female, uh, a female dressed sure, as a... Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, that's all... That's all... That's what most women's Halloween costumes are. It's just, just like, what sex, can we make what sexy? Can make sexy? Yeah. 
Yeah. Sexy how prostitute. Do we, how do yeah. we make anything? Because they've already gone through prostitute and stuff, so now it's down to like, it's a sexy piece of lamb chop. Right. <laughs> They're running out of sexy stuff. <laughs> It's awful. Sexy like Halloween, it's just, it's just like a horror movie. Just women like dress really like you know a lot of young girls dress like, really like you know revealing like, like loads of blood on them. It, it wouldn't just have like, been attacked. It's just like what? Are you <laughs> right? oh god, can we just go to a party? Okay, right. <laughs> like from Saw, like horror porn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, w- I want to do this story before we finish because it's we've been quite um, biological sciences heavy yes. today. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to do a little physics story. Let's do it about um, superfluid helium. Oh yes, New my discovery. favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite kind of medium. Mm-hmm. My favorite kind of fluid. <laughs> uh, liquid helium's all over the place. It's a uh, real hot these days. Real hot. <laughs> real hot. Actually, no, the opposite as it could of possibly be. Yes. It's a temperature of minus two hundred sixty-eight degrees C. By my math, that's five Kelvin. Am I correct? That sounds about right. It's five degrees above what absolute is it, zero. Two hundred seventy-three Kelvin. I think negative negative two seventy-three Celsius is yep. zero Kelvin. Yeah. Uh, so liquid helium keeps MRI machines and particle accelerators cooled. Uh, but you, if you take liquid helium even lower than that, things start to get very weird. It becomes a superfluid. A superfluid helium does uh, seemingly impossible things like climbs up the walls of containers or leaks through pores that are too small for normal liquid helium to pass through. So it, start, it starts to act on a, at a quantum level. Yeah. It starts to do things that are probabilistically unlikely but possible uh like going the wrong way for gravity or going through things that it shouldn't be able to go through yeah, i don't like this terminator shit Mm-mm. um no, what's his problem uh at this point it says according to this pop sci article superfluid helium is demonstrating the effects of quantum physics which makes it especially tantalizing to physicists now in a new study an international team of physicists has taken images of tiny droplets of superfluid helium finding that even very small amounts of superfluid helium act unusually. Uh, first, the team fired nano-sized droplets of superfluid helium across a vacuum. Meanwhile, they aimed a free electron laser across the vacuum so that the laser would intercept the drops and take images of the drops that they went spilling past. These images revealed that the droplets each contained more than 100 quantum vortices, what? tiny whirlpools that filled the droplets in a 3D array. Uh, the vortices help maintain the structure of the droplets, so that even when they're spinning at speeds that would cause normal liquids to drops to fly apart, they remain stable single droplets. Um, that said, the high spinning s- speed of the drops did make many of them take on an egg shape inclu- instead of a spherical one. Uh, 1% of the drops even took on strange wheel shapes. Mm. Uh <laughs> So it says this will be of almost no use to practical things like MRI machines. Uh, <laughs> that's how they judge everything. Yeah. MRI machines. Yeah. <laughs> we could use but, it in there. Yeah. But that's why are... it took peanut butter years and years to be invented. <laughs> no, I can't smear it in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> nope. But it is a window into quantum mechanics because all the atoms in a superfluid are in the same quantum state. This means they create larger quantum mechanics-driven effects that scientists might not be able to see otherwise. Quantum mechanics has in turn, uh, in turn, has occasionally found its way to practical applications. This kind of physics has helped scientists figure out lasers, transistors, and superconductors. And in fact, the name superfluid comes from the word superconductor. <coughs> Does it? Because it seems like they just share the word super. When yeah, it seems like they added the word super to fluid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the idea was that superfluid helium conducts heat very well, the way superconductors collect con- conduct electric currents very well. So super meaning very well. Yes. Yeah. Super meaning, yeah. Just super, the old... Just the old super definition. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
conducts crime fighting very well. <laughs> Super salad, popular combo. <laughs> hmm. Is that crate worthy? I think Jesse, you got it. Just I know yeah, the, the super salad joke. Yes. I think uh, we made it last week. Always made we? me laugh. Didn't we do that last yeah. week with Daniel? Here's a little picture. Oh yes, yes, yes. About. We did. Oh. That's what a quantum vortex looks like in a helium droplet. That's. Uh. <laughs> That's what. It's <laughs> bananas, man. Oh, okay. Just stuff constantly is crazy. Stuff constantly is crazy. That's science. Right? Science. No, yeah, <laughs> I know. Mind. I just mean I don't like it. It. Uh, it's, it's, I guess like, it always it's like the where's the helium bossy? trying to get to? Yes, like it's obviously you know things go to move, and you think where's it trying to get to? If it's, tr- if it's finding a new thing to get out, where's it going to? Mm. I guess it's just it's, <laughs> what is it? What, what does it want what's from us? <laughs> it's trying to tell us something. Yeah, what's that girl? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go find out. <laughs> Danny's in the well. Yeah. <laughs> And the no. helium can't work out why Danny can't just pour himself through the walls. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And climb out the outside. Look what Walls. I'm doing. Yeah. 50% probability this, he's already it. out of the well by now. Yeah. Wow. Just flow up and over the sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's just when, when stuff like this, stuff that defies classical physics or classical mechanics is discovered and figured out, it always... My sort of go-to emotion is just I'm just bummed out at sort of where we just happen or where I just happen to be sort of born in history. I'm like, oh, there's just so there's so much cool shit I'm clearly never going to get to experience. We're like chapter three in a book. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're like, totally. Oh, right. We're never going to have this ends. Yeah, we're totally <laughs> chapter three, and yeah. it's like, you know, the difference between now and like 1500 or something might as well be the same because of all the crazy shit. Yeah, well, I I'm sure at some point just be sort of unlocked to us, like obviously everything we do still deals with like physical mechanics and physical physics, and we're still in the BC of some sort of AD BC moment that we have yet to have. Yeah, totally. Does that make sense? Totally. Like we're still totally living before because like the singularity. Except I don't. I think it's going to be much more of a continuous process. Yeah, like you can you can really pinpoint. Around the early 1900s, there was there was a few decades period where suddenly the, the science, like numerous branches of science, just leapt yes. forwards in massive amount. Like medical science went from having uh, pretty much you get ill, you die. To mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember when the first anaesthetics were. It wasn't around uh, the Civil War area. I thought. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so it was like the mid, mid to late 1800s to the early. Yeah. 1900s suddenly in that period of time went from an- like antibiotics antiseptics anesthetics which are the three things that completely changed medicine absolutely um, and surgery and similar things are happening with other branches of technology around- as well around that time whereas now I don't know what you th- what you think would be the major advances now I guess the web and the interconnectivity are co- going to be just heads we're just going to have like versions of ourselves <laughs> well, no, I mean, go I'll, out into the world. It's going to be like that, you know, you'll have an avatar. That's like, like, yeah. It'll go out and it'll be the best version of you. So if you're fat, no one will know because you'll just be at home and right. you'll just be like, oh, I'm just going to get the avatar ready and go out. And then sure. you'll just be, but you'll be there. It'll be like, if you want to feel the thing, if you like, want to feel pr- like the environment around you, just press a button and then it sends it all back to you. How soon? Yes. I, I reckon about this. 200 years, okay. 300 years. I, mean, yes, like, yeah. I, I agree with you. And I think that. I mean, obviously, we don't know the next step, or we'd all be billionaires because we'd be inventing it. Totally. But I think. Oh, that... I will be, but I'm keeping it under wraps at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But but I I think like yeah, obviously penicillin, things like that. That's a huge, huge invention. 
But I'm talking about those monumental things like um, we assume that all the main stuff has been like like I'm talking about something like as big as like the alphabet. I still think the alphabet, the Phoenician alphabet, that that original like 5000 BC like Phoenician alphabet mm-hmm. is the still to this day. Uh, and I know it's a lot of it's just the butterfly effect, but it's the the greatest invention of all time. Okay. It's the biggest thing. It's the most influential thing. Well, it's, yeah. it's why everything that we know is how it is. It's because of the alphabet. And what about segues, though? <laughs> what about segues? <laughs> I mean, before that, people had to walk, and then suddenly they could just roll a, a slightly oh, faster segway, yeah. than and they could walk. And look cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, it's looking, looking cool. Because before that, we all used time. to walk. Remember before segues? We would yeah. just walk. And that's also the first time, I think, I think Roshin is right, and that's the first time that coolness and vehicles have right. been combined. Yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Like transportation no, and looks. I agree with you. I just I just think that there's... Alphabets and segues. The two marking posts that we'll <laughs> all be pointing every, to. I think that every like thousand years, two thousand years, you get an invention of that magnitude. Right. That is like a penicillin an al- and it might be the internet. That might be our. I mean, this, well, that is. We that lived is. In our yeah. Revolution. Yeah. It's a huge, huge, kidding aside. Yes, that it's is. a huge, huge yeah. fucking thing. I mean, it's a, it's a game changer forever. You know, there's no going back. Yeah. But I like the idea. The thing that always sort of scares me and excites me is every that noise is kind of weird. Yeah, that's that? uh, that was a, a collapsing orange. That's that was an orange rat okay. being trying to pick an orange out of the tree and having to fall to the ground. I think. Oh. Yeah. Probably a rat. Yeah. <laughs> is the idea any any idea you have that's certain, and then that gets? And I think you know every generation has an idea that's certain, and I think about you know how things work, and I think whatever right. that is, I think whatever we believe that you never know what that one is going to be, and I think oh maybe in our lifetime if we live to a hundred, we'll see something that we first firmly believe and base a lot of other beliefs on not to be, be true not at, true all. at all. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, good call. Yeah, yeah I, think, kind I think to be ev- like, what? Oh, God, we never even thought that one was up for grabs because they're all up right. for grabs. Science is all like, any bit of invention just changes everything and you sort of go, oh, is this all up for, you know, what yeah, bit is Yeah, the whole point of gra- science is it's constantly updating itself. Yeah, you and know? every every theory about how the world works is just our be- current best model Yeah, yeah. and but- is ready to be adapted or refuted also i think that things like that the weird thing is that things like that are happening all the time but just the weird society that we built for ourselves i don't mean for this sound yeah. conspiratorial but i mean mm-hmm. there's so much escapism everything society man yeah yeah that we just don't give a shit yeah like for instance they found water on the moon yeah there's water on our moon incredible now if that was in the 50s or something that would be every headline everywhere i forgot about it within two days i, yeah. I don't think it was even on like the news they should have put the moon in like those sexy clothes that they put the baby in yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i mean there are these massive things moon, that even wetter than we first thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are, there are massive things happening all the time. It's just most people don't give a shit anymore. Totally. I don't know. It's I don't clickbait. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Just, we, we, that's it's, sort of what it is. is information is like clickbait. Just, just, just before we, we wrap things up, because I, I, I teased it, there was a story from a German listener, Florian, and I just... Florian Grotje. Grotje? Mm-hmm. And I just sure. wanted to tell... That, this, that story is that... Um, Yellowstone Park grizzly bears are now eating dandelions instead of trash. That's lovely. Oh, mm, that's, finally. That's adorable. That's amazing. They used to be, they've clear, cleaned up a lot of the trash, and the bears have cleaned up their diets over the last few decades. Well, at least they've locked down the uh, trash cans and made them bear-proof and moved, or closed down dumps that were in the area. So grasses, ants, and flowering plants such as dandelions dominate the grizzly diet, followed by berries, trout, and mammals such as elk, bison, and gophers. 
and only despite the bear's fierce reputation, only seven people have been killed in the 143 year history of the national park. Um, so there we go. Oh, that's, that's a bit of good news to close out the week. And guys, I hate to call this, but like, I just checked my phone. Guess how hot it is now? Oh, is it 106 degrees? <laughs> I've got like you know it's, I do stand up. I've got like I'm the flop sweats. <laughs> so when my upper lip sweats, I I just always think I'm having a bad gig. But I'm just like, I'm like oh no, it's just I'm I'm just in it's 106 just degrees. degrees. Okay. Is, I'm, I'm, I, yep. We have to call I'm, this. I'm reading 105. Pool. I have to get in the pool. This is so un- what time are people heading over? We'll talk about it after this. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know, um, but I think we do have to call this one. So well, we, we, this has been. Are there it's more about, stories you want to do? No, 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 no this has been about the. I was. This is about the right time to wrap things up. Anyway, yeah. Roisin, where can our listeners find out more about you and when can they see you doing shows? Oh, um, I'm on Twitter. Um, what does what do I say? Oh, yeah, like at Roisin. On Facebook, yeah. yeah, I sort of... R-O-I-S-I-N. Yeah, C-O-N for November, A-T-Y. T for toothpaste is what I said yesterday <laughs> on the phone to Uber. Wait, repeat um, all that again because I want to follow you myself. So that's... I'm on Twitter and it's Roisin, but it's spelt like Raisin with an O. So R-O-I-S-I-N. C O N for November A T Y at Twitter and I do. There's um, I'm on YouTube and I think. Oh, also, I'm not very good at this bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, our British listeners, can they still watch your? My, yeah, the British listeners can watch my pilot, Game Face. It's still on 4OD and that's still there. And then the Blaps. I also I got nominated for a comedy award. You can vote for me on that. Oh, um, cool! Yeah, absolutely. Oh. What was it? Was that for your? You got pilot? a what? Yeah, yeah TV show. I got nominated for a comedy award. British so, comedy award. So uh, where can they? Can they go to British Comedy Guide and they can vote for Lone Wolf the the blap on that one I'll definitely do that there's loads of really great ones on there so you know watch no, them no fuck the others <laughs> yeah. go, to, yeah. go to British Comedy Guide's uh, website we'll put a link on our website a lot as of well. BAFTAs in your future yeah <laughs> hey look at this BAFTA winning bird over here <laughs> what, it was so <laughs> Australian it was incredible <laughs> BAFTA winning bird which by the way is impressive given that I listened to the show when I was away oh I accidentally got, did Australia the show that See? you guys did without me where you tried to do an Australian <laughs> <laughs> oh that was brutal <laughs> that was brutal <laughs> What, what's happening now? Some squirrels. Squirrels are Prehistoric squirrels are going after... The heat has yeah. made the squirrels go crazy. Okay, this um, is not a thing that humans should be subjected to right other, now. This other heat. things to plug. We are going to be doing our show at the LA Podfest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been mentioning this before. Anyone in Los Angeles, if you want to come along to the festival, go to our website first and click through the link there to buy a ticket because that's how the people running the festival know that... That's how we know you came you guys, to see us. came yes. to see us. We're on the Sunday. We're the first thing on Sunday, Sunday at noon. At noon. Uh, there's some amazing shows. You mm-hmm. go for the whole weekend, or but if you're just going to pick one day, come Sunday, come and see us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Sunday you can also see Jimmy Pardo's Never Not Funny, the Todd Glass show, uh, Larry Miller, Keith and the Girl. There's lots of yeah. yeah. All the info is at lapodfest.com. But actually, go to our site first and click through the links. So. so come and see that. Um, I'm going to be at Cl- in Cl- if you're in anywhere near Claremont, I'm going to be at Flappers Comedy Club next weekend, the 19th and 20th. Be headlining there uh, and some other shows around LA. Uh, Jesse, Andy. I actually just finally built my own website thanks oh, yeah. to our friends at Squarespace um, and I'm, I'm going to start updating that and having appearances Andy on it. So AndyTWood.com for yeah, my info. I've got to build one this week. i do the same thing. I, I'm getting a lot of... I'm sick of doing that Tumblr update stuff. Yeah. Oh, also, actually, our website, my website looks so bad though. Like, I, it's just, it's just, I hate websites. I think like, yeah. I prefer going on... I know you've just got yours and I'm well, really excited for you. Squarespace <laughs> makes it pretty easy and then once it's done, it's all like it's... I think mean, one of the coolest things is it, it instantly looks good on, on phones. You don't have to do any like mobile support. Right, like, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, also worth plugging stuff, London listeners as well, friend of the show Nick Doody, past guest, is on the 22nd of September which is Monday in a couple of weeks' time, is going to be recording his, a DVD. 
He's going to be filming oh, his great. Edinburgh Festival show. He's a great comic. Great, great really comic. great comic. Uh, he'll be filming it at Downstairs at the King's Head in Crab Best Chance. venue. Best venue. It's my... Uh, yeah, love it. Yeah. You, oh, you, I've been there. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. When you, 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 you told me to go there when I was over in London. Yeah, That's right. Oh, yeah. I, live on, I live like on that road. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, just at the end of that road. It was a fun show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Downstairs at the King's Head. Go and see. Tickets are only a fiver. I cannot recommend it enough. He's going to be filming his most recent Edinburgh Festival show. And then also, there's going to be a second half that'll be some greatest hits. It'll be a great show. Nick Doody, Downstairs at the King's Head, on the 22nd of September. Go to that. Do, do, do. Um, so, I think that's all the announcements. If, again, uh, really helps us when you donate. Helps us support the show. If you're not able to donate, spread the word. Tell people about us. Go on iTunes, write nice reviews, rate the episodes. Go on Stitcher as well, which we're on there now, mm-hmm. and do the same. Rate our show and give us nice things. Yeah. Uh, write nice things and tell people. Spread the word. That really helps. Love uh, each other. Yeah. <laughs> Be good to each other. Dance. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> write your story. Uh, Go. <laughs> tell your story. <laughs> I'll always have my books. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? I don't know. I love it. I think that's one of the best things I've ever heard. If if someone annoys me now, that saying's going to go to my head. I'll always have my book. (laughs) No, it's like when... uh, It's too late for me. (laughs) Right. At least I have my stories. No, it's like when uh, when an oppressive army like destroys your home and kills your wife. You're like, at least I have my books. I'll escape into my stories. And then those scorpions come along and yeah, eat them scorpions. and all that. And weird, and weird sex where they drop spunk everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. They as long as I have my spunky have books. <laughs> What's normal sex then? Jesus. So go and have weird sex in books. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for coming. Thanks for joining us, Rasheen. Thanks. It's been an absolute treat. Yeah, I loved great. it. Thank, thank you, you very for much for putting up me. with this extreme heat. This is <laughs> yeah. lovely. It's yeah. lovely. Uh, and listeners, we'll see you next week. Thank yep. you.